You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. How you doing, Mr. Trump? Uh, my wife Beth and I own Regal Auction in Franklin, New Hampshire. One of the auctions we do is gun auctions. We're doing one on November 21st. Uh, so I have my finger on the pulse of gun owners in New Hampshire and elsewhere in the country. What all us gun owners are wondering is if there's any more regulations on a bill that reaches President Trump's desk, will you pledge now to veto that um, so we can stop the assault on uh, Second Amendment rights. We don't want to be yeah. Australia. Yeah, the answer is yes, because we have tremendous regulations already. A lot of people don't even realize we have tremendous regulations and people aren't abiding by government does a terrible job of enforcing them. But we already have tremendous regulations. Now, if you look at my opponents, they're very weak on the Second Amendment. I'm very, very strong, as you know. Well, you probably wouldn't like me, right? But uh, I am very strong on the Second Amendment. Carson is weak on the Second Amendment. Bush is very weak on the Second Amendment. And virtually many of them are, and some of them aren't. But I'm very strong for the Second Amendment. No, I would not do anything. But you have to enforce what you have right now. And there are plenty right now. In the wake of some of the mass shootings over the summer, you said it is inevitable that some people who are mentally ill are just going to slip through the cracks. It sounds like you're saying stuff happens. To coin a phrase that someone else used. Well, that was a terrible expression from Bush. But the fact is that we have a huge mental health problem. And if you look at some states, including New York and others, they've let, in order to save money for finance reasons, they've let people out of mental institutions. We have a big problem with that. This is a mental health problem. And believe me, they'll always find a way to get something, whether it's a gun or otherwise, These people that are unstable, we have to straighten out our mental health. And we do have in this country big mental health problems. And that's the problem we have. And not at all a gun problem. Well, we already have so much regulation, Matt. You know, there's tremendous regulation right now that people don't even realize. All right. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast. show, The Straight Shooting Podcast, actually. We haven't uh, made one. You just heard uh, there from Donald Trump. Uh, I've got Mario with me, of course. Yeah, g'day, Jason. Welcome back, everyone, to the Australian Hunting Podcast. And you just heard a short clip there of Donald Trump and some of the things he says. He's very pro-Second Amendment, very pro-gun rights, and he doesn't mind telling it as it is. He doesn't mind telling the media his opinion, and I think it's fantastic. And uh, you've got the American uh, presidential election coming up this year. Very, very important election. Um, People may think, well, why is it important to us? We're in Australia. But uh, look, uh, it's there's a lot of things at stake here. You know, um, if the Democrats get back in, they could uh, really attack the Second Amendment and even the First Amendment, and uh, that's going to be a massive problem. It's, it, it will have big repercussions around the world and even here in Australia. So um, it's very important that uh, we get Donald Trump or even any Republican president. Yep. Um, you know, in really the United only, States. Yeah, so it's really it's, only. Uh, Ted Cruz, Donald mm. Trump, I think, and Marco Rubio at the moment. That's I think they're the three front at. runners, yes. And I've yeah. been very closely watching Jason, and it's been so interesting. I just love American politics. I mean, the stuff they talk about when during the debates and everything is just chalk and cheese compared to what our <laughs> what our limpy it? politicians talk about. It's just lo- our mm. politicians is just completely lightweight stuff. And yeah. um, so I'm really getting uh, getting into listening to all the debates, and I'm, I'm loving hearing all their opinions on certain. Uh, different subjects there's a massive contrast between us and them uh here in australia but uh yeah i'm very big supporter of donald trump i think he's great 
Uh, he says that as it is, uh, he's not politically correct. He doesn't mind taking flack from the media, and he also gives it back. So, and a lot of his policies are really quite sound policies. I mean, people talking, you know, saying that he's a racist and that you know that he is anti-immigration and all this. But I mean, he's not. I mean, some of the things he says are so sensible and uh, pretty much common sense, really, to a lot of people. But um, anyway, uh, I think it's just fantastic that he's there. He's really shaken up the presidential debate. Um, and also, uh, I certainly hope that a Republican president gets in, Jason. It's mm. uh, extremely important. Republicans are uh, are very uh, good on defending the Second Amendment and the First Amendment. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we really need a Republican president after eight years of a disastrous, disastrous Obama presidency. I mean, this guy could not be more anti-freedom uh, than any other president in history looking that I can the, remember. Looking at the results, though, we were looking at Iowa, and Ted Cruz only just won Iowa, which was uh, quite interesting. You know, so there was obviously Trump uh, and uh, Ted Cruz from Texas, governor yep. of Texas, who seems like a nice guy, a bit, bit on the Bible front, which is sort of not my ideal, you know, an ideal. But, you know, some people don't like Trump, some people don't like Rubio. But also, there was he only just won in Iowa, Ted Cruz, but then... Whoever has ever, ever whoever has won Iowa has never actually won uh, the presidency, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, then we looked at uh, New Hampshire. Yep, Trump had a huge win in Massive New Hampshire. I there, think it was fifteen point eight percent to Ted Cruz, and then uh, it was he was like something like thirty five percent. So it was basically over over a twenty percent. Yeah. Uh, win for Trump in New Hampshire. So but it's going also, to be interesting also, to see Jason, how it, you know, moves yeah. out. Yeah. But also, uh, Trump came a very close uh, second oh, what, in Iowa, in, yeah, in Iowa far, to, right, um, yeah. to uh, Cruz, which, which is pretty surprising because I was, uh, uh, I guess, a very uh, pro-Christian state. You know, a lot of, uh, you know, I guess, for lack of a better term, Bible bashers. A lot of corn there. growers. A lot of corn growers, <laughs> very religious, um, you know, evangelistic uh, community. So... You know, uh, it would uh, make sense that Ted Cruz would just get the upper hand there on Donald Trump. But, um, and as the anyway. presidential debates roll out across the country in different states, it is going to be very interesting, uh, mm. you know, basically to see what happens and see. You know, I mean, I, I like Trump. I like Trump. I don't mind Cruz either, so long as we get a pro-gun person up. I mean, and, and you just, and actually, I think Trump's really the only one that's been pretty big on the Second Amendment. Yeah, I know people have pointed out he said things uh, previously in the past, which have not been anti-Second Amendment, but have been a bit, you know, people are a bit worried about what he meant on some of those things. So, but... He's been very clear on the Second Amendment, as Mario and I have said, I think in episode 104, what's the difference, you know, in America compared to here and what are the benefits or not benefits? Well, you know, if they get gun control in America, how long before you think it's going to come here? Um, yep. Or even worse, it. I mean, it's already here, but uh, even worse, worse, worse than you know? what it is. And uh, look, it, it is, it is um, I guess you can describe it's probably one of the most important presidential elections in, of our time. Really, and if Hillary Clinton gets in, I mean, there's basically Bernie Sanders, the socialist, and obviously Hillary Clinton, and yeah, you know, Hillary Clinton's been very clear about the assault weapons ban, mm. uh, and her buddy Diane. Well, she Feinstein. wants Australian-style gun laws. She's been upfront about that. She wants really to strip back the Second Amendment to virtually nothing. Bernie Sanders has got the same position. I mean, what surprises me, Jason? You got but this- Bernie Sanders hasn't, from what I've seen, he hasn't really been as bad. I mean, Hillary Clinton's the one that's just the worst, absolute mm. worst. And they're the only two front runners for the Democrats, really. They're the only ones really running. As well, they're the only know. ones in the race. I mean, yeah, it shows so. you, you know, well, 
shows you how bad the Democrats are. They can't even get a third or a fourth person up to, to speak. I mean, pretty much my opinion is Jason Bernie Sanders has been put up there to make uh, Hillary look more in the centre because he's such an outright communist. Some of the things he says in the debates, I mean, like, and what surprises me, like I was saying before, is that a lot of these college students, these young people, they're really supporting Bernie Sanders. And I'm starting to think, what on earth are these American <laughs> colleges teaching these people? I mean, socialism has failed throughout the world. It's going to be and, interesting and, to see, and, hang on, first, if... if if uh, Hillary Clinton, I mean, we've never, they've never had, uh, and, and we didn't know up until obviously Julia Gillard, they've never had a female president. So I'm not sure if the states, you know, the states are a bit different than here. I'm not sure whether they can, you know, cope with a female president. I'm not sure if the people well, will allow it. I'm not sure. And that's not a sexist thing from us. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that as in it's never happened. And I don't know if the powers that be. Uh, will allow that sort of thing to happen, at least in, in this part of the century, in, well, in 2016. Well, Jason, I certainly hope that the Americans don't vote in a, a first woman president purely because she's a woman, because that would be the worst thing, mm. I guess, that, that could it's happen. It's got to be on policies. and It's got to be on... I certainly hope they're voting on policy, uh, because Bernie Sanders, I'm getting a bit worried, Bernie Sanders is such an outright communist. Some of the things he says, that he's going to tax people to 90% and all that, and I just think... And he gets support. And I think, who the hell is supporting this guy? Mm. Don't, haven't they read any history? I mean, you look at every major socialist slash communist state out there. It's been a, nothing but a complete failure. I mean, Cuba, I mean, just down the road from America, Cuba, complete failure. I mean, people live in pretty much poverty. So I'd just be surprised how you know people don't understand that. But anyway, um, very, very interesting stuff going on in the United States. And I certainly hope you guys are keeping an eye on it. And me and Jason certainly are. It's really, really interesting. So anyway, Jace? We're just going to go to a quick break here on AHP Digital, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's that time of year again, and Huntfest is just around the corner. Huntfest is Naruma's premier hunting exhibition on the New South Wales South Coast. Huntfest is on this June long weekend, so don't miss out by getting your tickets early. If you want to be an exhibitor at Huntfest, then call Danfield on 02 4473 7035. Visit huntfest.com.au for more information. Huntfest, the place to be in 2016. Are you looking to buy your first gun safe? Perhaps you need more room for your prized collection. Lockaway Safes provides the world's most advanced anti pry technology. The swing and slide system is truly revolutionary. Drop into your nearest Beretta dealer or visit lockawaysafes.com.au. Lockaway, the only serious choice in firearms protection. For too long, shooters' rights have been ignored by politicians. Liberal Democrat Senator David Lionhelm has been shooting pistols, rifles and shotguns for over four decades. He knows what shooters want. He challenged the Adler shotgun ban and forced the government to retreat. Shooters' rights are a core issue for the Liberal Democrats, and we won't back down. Visit ldp.org.au and vote one, the Liberal Democrats. Yeah, mate, we've got some, uh, we've got to read some podcast comments. Comments, that's it. We've got some Uh, emails. Well, and we've got some very interesting topics to talk about today. Uh, Episode 104 the last episode of the Straight Shooting Podcast certainly attracted a lot of positive 
uh, one or two criticisms, which was very interesting, and we're going right. to well, read some criticism. of that stuff. So we're, we're going to you know, address part of that stuff today. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Sharkman Mick, December 30, 2015. I live in WA, and I listen to your podcast while we're, uh, working, driving a rubbish truck via my iPod, and I think the interviews with the lawyers were great, and the politicians are very informative. Our laws here in WA are very restrictive, uh, considering we have the most land to hunt feral animals with a lot of abandoned stations where ferals, with ferals everywhere. Victoria has the least land with the less restrictive laws in Australia. I don't get this. I lived in the goldfields for 12 years and love hunting goats and cooking them in a large camp oven made from a truck rim. They are so good roasted this way, and all my family loved eating goat meat. Kangaroo is also great this way. Just rub with salt and roast to four to five hours, and meat just falls off the bone. Now I live in Perth, South Metro area, and it's very difficult to get out hunting. So listen to your podcast is the next best thing. And I listen to your podcast over and over, uh, so the information sinks in. I like your passion for hunting and shooting, and keep fighting for our rights. Keep up the great podcast and happy hunting, guys. That was from uh, Sharkman Mick uh, on December 30, 2015. So thanks, Mick. Mick, good on you, mate. That is a great email. Good on you, buddy. Um, yeah, great, great Mick from Perth. Uh, look, mate, in response to your email, the only thing that I can say is, is just I don't know what the hell is going on in WA. You guys have some of the most expansive landscapes, plenty of space to shoot guns, yet you've got some of the worst uh, politicians you could ever think of, with the exception, of course, of Rick Mazza from the Shooters and Fishers Party there. He's doing a great job, but there's, you need to get more people like Rick in there. So, Mick, all I can say to you, mate, is, um, look, you've just got to do the legwork. You've got to get as many people as you can into guns, into shooting, um, into sports shooting, into hunting, uh, and also alert them of the of what's going on. We're losing our rights at a rapid pace. We're losing our freedoms. Uh, there's no reason at all for WA to have any kind of gun laws like that, especially so you know expensive to get permits and and uh, PTAs and so on. It's just absolutely a joke. And uh, for the people of WA to allow it to get that way, I mean, I'm sorry, I have to say this, but the people have only themselves to blame. But the problem is, is you got majority of the population packed inside Perth or around the metro areas who don't really own guns, well, what are you going to get? You're going to get a majority anti-gun parliament. So that's up to you guys to change that, Mick. And what is the advantage that you can use is use other states like um, Victoria and New South Wales. We've got public land hunting, uh, much better laws than WA. Use these states as an example. They were fantastic. Well, they're not great. (laughs) Can always be better, but... Uh, certainly better than WA. So um, yeah. use these states as an NT's example. NT's pretty good. NT's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Uh, use these states as an example, as a template, and keep pushing the message. Keep getting as many of your of your mates as you can into shooting sports, and you've got to keep fighting. You've got to keep doing the, the work at ground level. So good on you, Mick. Thanks for your email. Yeah, uh, we're going to go through. This is uh, quite a, a good email from Diane. Uh, really good email. Uh, hi. So... I'm an American who listens to your show because I wanted to learn about Australian gun culture from an Australian perspective. Neither of our mainstream medias are especially helpful. The AHP has delivered that in spades. Thank you. Since you invited listeners to ask questions, I thought I'd ask three of them and maybe provide an answer to one of yours. So what I'm going to do, guys, is actually list the questions and keep going through the email and then we'll address them after the email. Question one. 
What do you think is a distinctive feature of Australian gun culture as compared to other gun cultures around the world? Question two. Uh, Americans often get caught up with gun ownership as it applies to the right of self-defence. We tend to focus less on guns as they are tied to another set of fundamental rights, those of private property. Do you think the National Firearms Act of 96 has created a bad precedent for property rights in Australia? This is something we've spoken about, about guns and ownership. Uh, Question three. Is there any literature written by Australians that acts as an apologetic apologetic for gun ownership? Don't get me started on that one. Uh, Answer to a question from episode 104. Forgive me if I'm paraphrasing. This is obviously what we said during episode 104. Uh, Why does America struggle with gun violence in comparison to other countries uh, who also have strong firearms tradition? There is a whole host of literature that seeks to address that very question. Uh, The work that I will give you, the best answer, is called The Samurai, the Mountie, and the Cowboy. Should America Adopt the Gun Controls Other Democracies? By David B. Koppel, first published in 1992. Koppel compares the gun cultures of Japan, the United States, United sorry, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Jamaica, and Switzerland to the United States. While some of the information is dated, I would argue that the archetype of militiamen has been resurrected in America due to terrorism. I believe the points he makes are still valid today. I hope that is helpful. Good luck and keep fighting, Diane. So, all right. So, what we're going to do is we're going to answer question one. Go back to question one. From Diane, what Diane said was, what do you think is a distinctive feature of Australian gun culture as compared to other countries around the world now? Well, Diane, um, put it simply, the distinctive feature here in Australia is that largely the the population's fairly apathetic. They don't understand gun laws, they don't understand gun rights, and therefore they equate guns equals bad. And uh, that's basically what they're told over and over again by the left-wing media, and I'm sure this happens in other countries. But in this country, we've had a prime minister who was able to, I guess, convince the public that we need to get rid of all guns, we need draconian gun laws, and that this is an epidemic, and uh, you know that the mass shootings is an American disease, and guns are an American disease. He was able to convince the people because the people have don't really in Australia have a history of fighting for their rights. They don't mm. understand. They really don't even understand free speech. Most of them, you know, they still believe that uh, oh, you're not allowed to offend someone. Mm. You know, when you and freedom, speak. we don't know. We don't, we don't really we don't understand freedom. freedom because it's something that we've inherited. We never really had to fight for it in the sense mm. of a civil war and and uh, and also sorry, the war against um, uh, the American War of Independence and so on. We never really had that in our history. So um, those freedoms that we enjoy now are pretty much freedoms that are a result of the collapse of the British Empire, uh, basically when uh, America won the War of Independence, Mm. uh, which happened afterwards. And uh, pretty much after that, the British knew that they couldn't push around other Commonwealth countries because they might as well revolt just like the Americans did and they would lose more colonies. So they, they knew that, that they couldn't press on the other colonies like they did to the Americans. And hence we have a, a, a certain unique kind of freedom in this country that was more or less uh, inherited by uh, those events. Mm. So the people are kind of a little bit apathetic in regards to that. You know, they take their freedoms for granted. And because they do, but I don't, I don't think politicians we, are going to be able to whittle away at them. Yeah, but I don't think we understand freedom compared to what the Americans you know, understand freedom. I mean, I, I see things even like today in the media, like lockout laws. You know, I'm totally against those. I mean, I don't think you know, shutting yeah. down a precinct where people just move on to a different area, uh, like the casinos, etc., is doing anything, one, for our nightlife, one, for our businesses, 
businesses are shutting down left, right, and centre. Um, you know, but also too, I think yeah. You know, again, we have a left leaning media here. People will tell you why you shouldn't, and women here will tell you, and men, why you shouldn't have the right to self defence. Well, oh, we don't need guns here. On this show, we're reading, just on Facebook the other day, I'm reading heaps of articles, right? Man stabbed five times from home invasion. Woman hit with a hammer. I mean, just three or four articles just this week alone. And we have people going, yeah, well, we don't need guns for self-defense. That's because it's not happening to them. You know, people don't understand freedom. And I think firearms, in a way, represent, you know, freedom of the people. I think they represent people wanting to defend themselves and the government doesn't have control over that and i think that scares them and like someone said to me the other day if your government doesn't trust you with firearms then you need to take a good hard well, long a, look at the government. A government that shouldn't be trusted yeah um yeah well i mean a good government has nothing to fear from the people and when it starts to fear the people that's when you have to be worried about it but yeah look uh uh, great question there. And uh, what's the next one, Jase? Yeah, question two. Question two is Americans often get caught up with gun ownership as it applies to the right to self-defense. Yep. We tend to focus less on guns as they are tied to another set of fundamental rights, those of private property. Do you think the National Firearms Act of 1996 has created a bad precedent for property rights. Yeah, uh, well, we also have the right to private property here too in Australia, which is why um, the government couldn't just confiscate the guns. They, they had to buy them back. Well, hang on, but if they hang on. Well, in, in buying back implies yep. that we actually wanted to give them up or, you know, or they bought them back when in actual fact they were stolen, really. Well, stolen implies that you've taken it but uh, I didn't without want to compensation. Sell. Okay, but I didn't. Right? Well, let's say somebody didn't want to sell them. I didn't want to sell my guns back to the government. I had no choice. I know. I know. So but what see, choice did I have? When the government changes laws and then gives you, uh, I guess, notice that these laws will take oh, effect a well, certain that way, that makes it okay. Then. No. Well, um, look, I don't agree with it, Jason. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I don't agree with it one little bit. But the point is, is we do have certain property uh, rights here, which is why the government can't actually, for example, uh, compulsorily acquire your home because they're going to put a massive highway in the middle of it uh, without giving you fair compensation. Yeah. They've, got to, they've got to pay you for your house. So we do have property laws here. And has this damaged property laws here in Australia? Um, I don't think so, no. The Constitution hasn't changed or anything like that. So, But in it, saying that, we, we had this conversation... Uh, previously on a show. Now, let's say I buy... Let's say these lever actions, we're having yeah. problems right now with the uh, lever actions under this new NFA review. We are not sure what's going to happen with the Adler, the seven shots, um, or our thirty thirty rifles, our forty five seventies, etc. Now, let's say uh, those guns are banned. We, we had this conversation before. Do we... Do we... I mean, yeah, okay, we've personally yeah. bought these firearms, right? We personally bought them. We would say we own them. But yeah. in fact, do we actually, this is a good something to think about for the people listening, do we actually own them? Because at any time, the government can say, Muzz, you know, that Adler, that's, that's now banned. Um, basically, they'll be, we're coming over tomorrow uh, to get that Adler. So in actual fact, I mean, I know we own it, we purchased it, we put yeah. a scope on it. Do we, I mean, do we really own it if these yeah. people can just come around with the flick of a pen and a tick? Mate, that gun's now gone. We're going to be sending, you know, and all of a sudden they get the memo out to the police. Mate, a day later, you've got police on your doorstep, surrender that Adler shotgun. Do we even own them, really? I mean... Yeah, but see, that, that's a result of registration, really, more than mm, anything else. So mm. if there's no re- registration, how would they know what guns you have and what you don't have? Um, now, th- for example, um, 
real ownership, those people who didn't hand in their semi-autos back in 96 and still got them, they own them. Even though they, they own them illegally now, under the law, right? But they own them. They can say, yes, it's my property. I own it, right? It's in a, it's in a okay. pipe somewhere under the ground. Uh, or whatever it or is. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to know. So, <laughs> so I mean, they, they can say they own them, right? Okay? Uh, without a doubt. No one else owns them except them. Um, but um, in terms of um, with the registration, if the government changes the law tomorrow, they can't just, they can't just come and take your firearms. Uh, they've got to compensate you for them because that is still private property, right? But the problem is, is that I'd rather have my gun than the money. You see yeah, what I mean? But, yeah. but uh, mm. it, it's it's very hard to make that, uh, uh, I guess, make that uh, distinction uh, between uh, the gun, the value of the rifle, and its monetary value, right? Because uh, the, the rifle, in terms of value as an an instrument, a tool. To me, has more value than what it's worth. Yeah, in monetary you might terms. Get, have an old gun, and it could have yeah. been a lot to you. Could have been given to you. By it could be an old antique that's uh, been passed on down in the family, yeah. has sentimental value, whatever, right? And the government might say, "Well, okay, that's worth three thousand dollars or whatever it is." But to you, it's priceless. So that's where the problem comes into it. So look, uh, we, we we do have property rights, and we we do have to be compensated. So um, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Interesting. This one, I did laugh when I read this question, Diane, because it's very, very interesting. Is there any literature written by Australians that acts as an apology, I guess apologetic for gun ownership? Well, <laughs> listen, I'm not going to say who, what, where, or when, well, um, there, but there, there is... There's literature every week. Yeah, there's literally <laughs> it, literature. At the news agent. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, I'm not going to mention organisations because there's definitely... And I'll mention the ones that I think... Yeah do a good job this is again this is not all of them this is the ones that i know uh there's people like you know shooters union queensland and new south wales i guess i know those guys are very big on you know gun ownership and supporting mm. the rights of getting our rights back um you know really really that's the only one i can really think of as an organization um you know i don't know a lot about all the organizations across australia yep. um, but i've spoken I mean, we have shoot we're going to read out some of them today we've had you know shooters you know on my my facebook and other facebook pages obviously because we have to plan for this show mm. um, shooters don't want their rights back people shouldn't have firearms for protection people shouldn't have fight protect themselves in their home uh, every week we're reading from organizations i mean your imagination can run wild yeah um, and they can say things that are like, you know, firearms uh, is a privilege in this country. Any person that thinks we've spoken about this before, mm. it's not a constitutional right. We totally understand yep. that. But what you can it's do... It's a legal entitlement. It's a legal entitlement and, and, under and our anyone, current rules. And anyone that has a look at Google and just type legal entitlement, entitlement meaning, yeah, okay, you'll get Oxford Dish Dictionary, you'll get... Yep. Uh, the, um, uh, and someone said to us, remember? You'll get uh, Macquarie Dictionary. You'll get all the dictionaries out there, and it will tell you what's a over, right and what's over a privilege. And over again, that a legal entitlement is the right to have or to do something. Yeah. Right? Then, remember someone said to us, they said to and, us... And, and that's what it comes down to. It's, it's the right. Mm. It, 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 nowhere in those definitions will you find... The word privilege. Yeah. And I'm sick and tired of politicians using it, but, but they use it all the time. The thing is, polit not just politicians. We have, I won't mention his name, a guy that was trolling me on Facebook saying, you know, it's not a privilege. You know, so, so it's a privilege. It's not a right, etc., etc. Anyone over the age of 18 under our current rules that doesn't have a criminal record with an excludable offence has a right to a firearms licence. We've mentioned many cases yeah. over the last few years that have been taken to the Civil Administrative Tribunal or, or the equivalent in your state, and the police have lost 
They have well, lost. That's I mean, right. I think even Well, there think, was one yeah. guy on Facebook, Jason, that says um, that I said to him, well, I, I said to him, you have the right to apply for a firearms license. And he goes, well, there you go. There, he goes, that proves that it's not a right because you have to apply for it. And I said, well, yeah, because it's under a, you know, a context of laws. I mean, even in the United States, when you mm. go into a gun shop, you, you can't just take one off the shelf and give the guy 100 bucks and see you later. Yeah, they've got to do Mate, the background you, checks. You've got to do a background check. You've got to fill out forms, which in, in, in effect is an application. Mm. What you're doing is you're filling out an application. So the FBI could do a check on you, and then basically if you pass the checks and you don't have any felonies yeah. recorded I mean, under your name, you, you can buy a firearm. So, I mean, even in the United States, the, the right's protected by the Constitution, but we live in a society, yeah. and you can't be handing out firearms to, to, uh, to every yeah. criminal mm. or mentally insane person. So that that's why you need an application form. It doesn't make it any less of a right. It's still a right by any definition. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just, again, we have too many. And I, I love the shooters, and I've read them out on the show before. We're actually going to read some today too uh, after we read out the, uh, more of these emails. You know, Shooters are listening to this show and getting motivated. They're writing to their local members. They're writing to their ministers. They're having meetings with their yep. local members. They're, you know, they've had a gut full. They listened to this show and said, yep, yep. I want to get out there and make a difference. I want to get out there and make a difference. So, again, we're seeing a lot of apathy from shooters, from organisations. What we need is just a couple of people in certain key roles within organisations, even in some of our pro-gun political parties, that can drive this course forward. So, Diane, we want to thank you very much Good uh, on you, Diane. for uh, listening to the show. Love we, the US. Yeah, we love, love yeah, yeah. We've, I've been there. Muzz has been there. I've been there about five times. I really enjoy going there. And um, keep listening to the show if you've got any more thank questions. Thank you very much for your listenership. And please, uh, tell us, tell all your American friends about our show. Yeah, we, we don't have the rights you guys do, unfortunately, in some respects, you know, but, you know, we've got to do what we can. So we're just going to go into the next uh, listener email. And our next question is from John, John Ogilvie. Now, I to, John, where are you? I haven't seen you on my uh, Facebook page for Good quite you, a while. Uh, glad to see you've uh, sent me a message. I, I thought we lost you there, maybe. I hadn't seen you because I know you were a big poster on the on the Facebook page. So come back and check out Facebook. Love to have you on there. Um, hello, Jason and Mars. I would like to ask about your thoughts on the subject regarding camouflage, specifically whether or not you use the UV brightener phosphate-free laundry detergents. As I've read that detergents containing UV brighteners make clothing stand out to animals. And then he sent us a few links. Now, I'm going to go out in a bit of a whim here. I say when I'm... I've seen... People literally shirtless, pair of stubbies, yep. sitting underneath a tree, whistling foxes and foxes coming into about a meter. Yep. Uh, or a pair of jeans and a, and a khaki top, uh, foxes coming into a couple of meters. So I, I'm going to go out on a whim here. I think, <laughs> I think camouflage is a little bit of a gimmick. That's what I'm going to say. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It depends. And I might even do a podcast. There's a guy that does uh, animal what they got husbandry type stuff and he basically says you know animals seen a certain type of uh, a color spectrum yep. uh, if you wear certain colors they will make you out so i'm going to do that john coming up hopefully in probably the next few months uh, and and get more in depth on camouflage and get more in depth on you know what color spectrums mm-hmm. animals seeing i think the fox again don't quote me on this i'm just talking in like a orangey yellow uh, so there's different colors. Obviously, example is why deer don't see uh, orange colors. You know, you can hunt deer and they don't see orange. So it's very interesting. I've had people that have hunted deer. I've seen in, in an Akubra hat, khaki top and a pair of blue jeans and a pair of boots. Yep. And mate, they've gotten within a meter of the deer and they haven't seen them. I think a lot of it is to do, my number one would be obviously movement. 
Well, that's compilated with smell. So smell and movement are the two number one factors that will give you away any day of the week. If you move, make noise, yep. they smell you, forget about it. I think that's where, and then maybe after that, camo may become an important factor. But like I said, well, if you don't make any noise, that well, ain't Jace, know you there. Yep. Well, Jace, I, I slightly disagree with you. <laughs> uh, rubbish, get out of here. Well, listen, while you, I agree that, you know, like a lot of people, especially back in the 80s, Mm. I don't think there was a single person in Australia that counted in camo. <laughs> I mean, back in the 80s, there were stubbies and a singlet. And, uh, you know, that was pretty much all you needed to go hunting. So, But these days, yeah, I guess there's a lot of marketing. People love wearing a camo. I personally love wearing it. I yeah. do believe it provides an advantage because it um, diffuses uh, your shape, I guess. And also, um, uh, I Listen, I'm, I'm not saying that it doesn't do that, right. but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, there's more important factors that come into play before we need to look at camo. Is it important? Yeah, breaks up colours, etc. Yes, breaks up colours. That that that, in, that implies that the deer is already looking at you. You yep. know what I mean? But so, how can someone sit next to a tree in a pair of stubbies and a, and a Kubra hat, and the fox comes within a meter? Clearly, movement, smell. They're the top of my list, but sorry, go yeah, on. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Uh, look, well, I think it's important to cover up your skin because skin has a distinctive uh, color, and uh, and animals see that. Maybe they stainless steel barrels, you know, in the sun may give off a glare, yes, may spook true. an animal. All so those that, things you know. do matter. All those things do matter. And I think where where in general, I think if the animal cannot smell you or see your movements. Camo probably doesn't that make that much of a difference, to be honest. But it can give you a slight advantage in certain circumstances. So anytime you wear camo, you're always going to be better off than not wearing camo because um, you're less likely to be seen. Uh, that's, what, that's what I personally believe. I don't know the technical, um, uh, I guess, reasons why you wouldn't be seen. And it's something I have to really investigate, to be honest. And this is where I'm a little mm. bit out of my depth in that knowledge. But but, uh, but if he wants to use it, by all means, you know, go ahead and use it. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's going to hurt, you know. But then we can talk about, you know, scent but eliminators. But it also depends on the species, on the species that you're hunting. Some people, uh, some species uh, can definitely pick up that you're not wearing camo. Uh, for example, I, I know I've seen a lot of videos guys hunting, and they've got camo head to toe, and the animal literally cannot tell that they're there and even to the human eye sometimes you can't even tell that they're there sometimes mm. animals walk right up to them mm. they walk right up to them because they simply cannot see they cannot make out a shape of a person and and you can definitely see that camo works in that situation because mm. if you're wearing a, a hat with a singlet and skin showing i think the animal could spot you yeah, from miles but if, away. We, if we were talking about general hunting gear pair of jeans khaki shirt a yep. kubra hat or similar yeah, you know, uh, I, I just—is uh, it as important as people make out? Well, I guess we'll find out when I do the well, do a podcast. Well, on Jason, those types can you just repeat what that um, what what he said about the the washing? Uh, what it says, mate, is uh, sp- the last part of that was the uh, specifically whether yep. or not you use UV brighteners, phosphate free laundry detergents. As I've read, that detergents containing UV brighteners make clothing stand out to animals. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing actually before mm-hmm. Muzz goes on. Um, I don't actually use. I use a, a, a type of liquid which is all in one so i don't even use uh like those sort of uh, laundry deter- i use the laundry detergents i don't use the what do they call it what's the you know laundry detergent and softener i don't softener, use softeners yeah. i don't use softeners because mine has like an all-in-one thing but it's not a softener um i think i'll, I'll find out which one it is and i'll put it on the uh, facebook page but i don't use any of those you know uv bright and phosphate no. free or anything i just well i'll be honest with you jace i'll get my wife to wash it with absolutely no detergents whatsoever 
Do you? Yeah, I just put it in the machine, wash it just with plain hot water, um, no detergents whatsoever. And then basically mm. um, what I've found is very helpful if you can do that. Now, I don't know about the UV brighteners and, and all those detergents. I really don't, I really cannot comment at an extensive length on those things. I think my knowledge is a little bit laxed in that area. And uh, it's something that it's not a bad idea to learn on. But uh, when I wash my hunting clothes, it's just in plain hot water, nothing else. I don't put any detergent in there. And what I do sometimes after I dry them is I is I usually get a bag and get a whole bunch of pine uh, cones and leaves and uh, just a whole bunch of branches in the bag and put my clothes in there and put them in there with the with the uh, leaves and everything. And then that, that way your clothes develop a scent, uh, which is very close to... Uh, the, the, the type of forest or the environment where you're going hunting. Can I just say I think that's yeah. stupid? Well, well, <laughs> well it, the, the main idea, Jason, is, is more, or less, more than anything, you've got to hide your scent because animals have a very heightened sense of smell and they can smell you from sometimes kilometres away. Mm. So, but that goes again, like depending I said, depending on the wind, depending getting, on the wind. Getting, uh, you know, uh, a downwind of the animal. So Yeah. That, exactly, that's important, but sometimes the wind direction can change. True. And, and you've got to hide your scent as much as you but possibly can. I don't think can. even these scent eliminators, again, this is going to be for another podcast, John, because we, yep. yeah, uh, we, we want to get like the actual data. We're just talking from our experience that when well, we've hunted well, look, things, I've never, I've never made a difference. The things that have always done me first is sound, yep. smell. Definitely, uh, and sound those, and scent. Sound and most, scent. Two you know, most important and or, things. Or visual, as in movement. That's I've been done several times from movement. So it would have yeah. nothing to do with the UV yeah, brightness absolutely. or scent eliminators or no, anything right. like that. Well, I've had, I've had good success, Jason, uh, in hunting, and I've gotten as close to as 10, 10 metres from uh, animals. I'll get within 10 metres of, of goats on a regular basis. Yeah, I get so within, have I. We, we were on a property I'll, one I'll time. I'll get within 10 metres of... Um, uh, ruse, I, and I've even gotten within five metres of a deer, believe mm. it or not. I'll tell so. you one quick story. <laughs> we were at a, a state forest one time a couple of years back with my mate Anthony, and we were hunting goats. Anyway, long story short, we were up on the mountain. I heard them. My mate goes, let's, Anthony goes, let's go down here. We'll go yeah. down a bit further. I said, no, no, no. I just I, I can hear the sound getting closer. Anyway, yeah. so it's the mountain, us, and then I, I, all of a sudden to our left, we saw the goats feeding across into that 10, 11, and 12 o'clock position. So I said to my mate, once they go down through that small little creek, which was like a meter deep, there yeah. was nothing in it, just a bit of grass. Once they come up the other side, when they get in front of you, hit, them, hit that, whichever one you choose, yeah. go. Anyway, they come up, boom, 270. Instant one drops on the spot. Yep. What he didn't realise, he left his scope on uh, uh, three was three to nine oh, by forty, yeah. so forty power. No, nine. Power. Oh, sorry, nine power. I should yep. say nine power. He left it on nine power, yep. and all of a sudden, guess what they did, which we didn't think about. Right. They started to head towards the mountain, exactly <laughs> where we were. They must have come. Am I knew Anthony was in a blue singlet, like yep. a blue trucky sort of singlet. Yeah. Pair of shorts. Wife beater. Yeah. Yeah. Wife beater. Right. <laughs> they literally, I could have grabbed them by their mane of their head. I could have grabbed them. That's yeah. how close they were. And yeah, again, yeah. we just sat there, and mind you, I didn't, because we were just taking turns in shooting, hunting together, because goats were a bit different out there. They hadn't been shot. Sometimes we used to just drive in off the road, main road, get out of our car, and we'd walk up to goats, and they sort of didn't really care even we were even there. We'd mm. stop when they looked. So, you know, John, great question, mate. I do appreciate it. I, we're going to have I more detail. I certainly hope we can help you a little bit more details with that stuff, John, but uh, I, I don't know too much about the... Um yeah, UV brightness. But we'll, we'll find out and we'll do a really podcast. No, it's not a bad idea to find out. Yes, thanks mm. very much. Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp. 
we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit SSAAsydney.net. Uh, next one, awesome one. This is a good one. I'm not going to read out um, Brad's uh, email to the Sporting Shoot Association of Australia, but I'll tell you what he wrote to me first. Hi, guys. I've been a long-time listener and donated to the podcast, and you have inspired me to become politically involved in campaigning for shooters' rights. Well done, Brad. Awesome. I have spent, sent off 30-plus letters to various politicians, called their offices, and even had a number of sit-down meetings. I got a feeling of satisfaction knowing I was fighting for an important cause. I was a little disheartened to read a couple of things uh, the Sporting Shooters Association of Australia said regarding firearms ownership and shooters' rights. While it was all positive, it was nowhere near strong enough. I thought that is all and well and good to push politicians to do more for Australian shooters, but I don't think they will take the community, uh, shooting community seriously if our biggest voice, the SSAA, remains passive on these issues. I thought I would take the time to write to the SSAA to tell them my feelings on the matter and to offer a number of suggestions. I've attached a copy of the email and I sent them if you'd like to have a read. Thank you for all your hard work and all the joy, entertainment and education you give me through your podcast. Keep up the amazing work. Thanks, Brad. How wow. good's that? That's an a, a awesome re- endorsement. That's fantastic. Good yeah. on you, Brad. We need more Brads out there. Well done, Brad. Yeah, with lots of Brads. If we can get, if we can get just 800,000 Brads, <laughs> I tell you what yeah. shit would be... I'd, I'd, be, I'd take you know, 10%. Out yeah, if we can take 15% if, of Brads, we, we'd all be we a lot happier. we can just get 80,000 Brads. Yeah. And like I said, guys, this is not by all means to hassle our shooting friends. Not at all. No. All we're trying to do is, you know... Me and Morris can't do it. Brad can't do it on his own. No, the double S double A can't do it on in. their own. We all have to pitch in. Yep. Well, David Lionhelm's got to pitch in. Yep. Country Lance or now the Country Party Shooters and Fishers. We've all got to pitch in. Now, Brad, in response to your letter, fantastic yep. letter, mate. Thank We're not going to read much. your response, but let me just say, mate, you oh. addressed some fantastic questions to yeah. uh, the double SAA. I will tell you, fantastic job, man. I'm not going to read it here because I think it's personal between you and the double SAA. Yep. 
I really don't think you'll probably get a response. I think you've laid it out perfectly. You haven't been rude. It's just to the point. It's it's you know, and you've and you've set out some great points there, mate. I think it's great. Well, Brad, if you do get a response, please share it with us. But anyway, what we need is we need more Brads out there. Well done, mate. You're a champion. Keep fighting the good fight. Uh, but more importantly, Jason, we need more Brads to get into the organi- our organisations, the ones that have the power to do stuff like the double S double A. So all I can say is, Brad, if, you, if you've got many like-minded friends, great. That's fantastic. I urge you to join, join the local organization and uh, do whatever you can uh, to try and change, uh, I guess, the attitudes and opinions of the people that matter. Good on you, mate. Yep. Thanks very much, Brad. Keep listening. And uh, hopefully, again, if you want to send in a voicemail, please go to the website, click on the voicemail link. And uh, if you've got a topic of discussion again soon, either email us or send us one of those voicemails. And we forgot to read Brad's first email because this was received just after our uh, straight shooting on the 29th of December 15. Hi, Jason. Uh, Again, this is the same Brad we just read out. I've been listening to your podcast for quite some time. It just keeps getting better and better. I'm a baker and start work between midnight and 3 a.m. It's pretty tough getting out of bed and getting started with your day, but I find the best way to kick off the mornings is... Uh, uh, mornings bake is a pop in the earbuds and listen to AHP. Be it an old episode or a brand new one, they never fail to impress. I particularly like the straight shooting show and love hearing both yours and Mario's opinions on the current state of Australian legislation and the political landscape. I love the show so much that I started donating a few months ago and I've been promoting your show to all my shooting mates uh, who now regularly listen in. That's great. Fantastic. Might be a bit of a weird question, but is there anything else I can do to contribute to the podcast? I feel like your show has given me so much enjoyment, knowledge and laughter that I should be giving back giving back hope to hear from you soon brad well mate there's nothing really you can do i guess keep sending in your questions we love hearing from our listeners topics of discussion yep. voicemails mate whatever you think is worthwhile to put into it please send it in well mate. brad we really the only thing it. i can say is you're doing already the already the things that you should be doing good on you mate excellent excellent work tell all your friends about it learn about freedom learn about our rights uh, yes we do have rights in australia despite what some people might say and, uh, you know, just keep pr- promoting uh, our sport, our culture, our wonderful culture that we have in Australia, this beautiful country that, um, that we live in and we are so lucky to live in it. Um, so, you know, and we can't let people take it away from us. So good on you, Brad. Keep doing what you're doing and thank you very much. You're a fantastic listener. All right, going to the next one, Facebook. Get a few on the Facebook page. Awesome. From Man- Manveer. Nice from Manveer. Man yeah, Manveer. I don't. We shouldn't say his full name. But, well, that's not no, his full name. That's not his. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, but he's <laughs> on your Manveer. I know you'll be listening. Hey, bud, just started listening to your awesome podcast. It's been a really good addition to my podcast listening during the long hours in the tractor. Mate, hate to be a nitpicky ass to point out a little error, but sometimes you ask your guest something like, this is, he's right, he's actually right here, what's it like to them as a hunter in the 20th century? You've done that a number of times, <laughs> just couldn't let it slide. Other than, mate, your podcast is really crucial. I think it's, well, right, we're in the 21st century. Not, 21st, yeah, well, You're right, Manveer. What, I'm such an idiot. It's true, he's right. Manveer, um, thank you, mate. Yeah, other than, <laughs> other than your podcast is really crucial to bring to light many issues that face the great... Aussie hunter, shooter, fisher, rural community. Well, mate, you're 100 percent right. I, I, I did stuff. I did look at that. And I thought, oh my god, why did I stuff yeah. that up? But, um, mate, we do appreciate your uh, listenership. Thanks, mate. Um, thanks very much. Um, it's really great, mate. Just yeah, thanks very much. So we can really say, keep listening. Join the, you know, contribute to the Facebook page if you've got any questions. 
voicemails, list them on the website or any topics of discussion, and we'll same thing. We'll uh, yep. read them out the show. Uh, from John, here we go. Another one from John. G'day, Jason. He actually wrote B Day, Jason. B Day, which is not my birthday, but <laughs> but I think he meant good day. I'm just mucking around here, John. Just started listening to the podcast. Wow, awesome stuff. Make sure you tell Muzz he's a true... Oh, I shouldn't read this out. <laughs> I shouldn't read well, this out. some good comments about uh, me. Oh, my God. Come on, don't get him that Make often. Make sure you tell Muzz <laughs> he's a true champ with his passion for people's rights. Oh, mate, this <laughs> man. On you, mate. What about me, John? What about, what about me? Yeah, you're a chump. Yeah, true. <laughs> Can you please take a look at the following article and discuss Airsoft at some point in your straight shooting podcast? I know the Australian Airsoft Ca- Council National President would love to discuss. Now, I'm probably going to interview. I've been speaking yeah. to some of the guys at the Airsoft. I just did the guys from uh, or did a podcast with the guys from MAG, the Military Adventure Group, mm-hmm. which uh, run basically holidays to New Zealand yeah. to do Airsoft in New Zealand. They go once a year. Uh, they have military spec uh, games yeah. there, so like three or four days out in the bush, you get tired. It's basically like you're in the army, yeah. pretty much. Oh, no, it's very, so oh, it's very popular overseas. Very popular. Yeah. That's going to be a great podcast, mate. But yeah, also in response to your uh, uh, letter, John. Thanks, mate. A fantastic uh, letter. Thanks. I appreciate your uh, uh, great John, feedback. You've really created a nightmare, <laughs> John. I'm uh, but you. anyway, look, airsoft. Okay, it, this stuff just absolutely numbs my mind, and I just. I'm so sick and tired of us not having access to these great toys. And that's what they are. They're toys. New Zealand, you've got Airsoft. Canada, you've got Airsoft. UK, you've got Airsoft. Uh, United States, of course, you've got Airsoft. Literally every part of Asia, you've got Airsoft. Everywhere except here. And it just it, it drives me mental because we've got tens of thousands of dollars bleeding overseas because people are going overseas and spending their money over there so they can get their fix of airsoft. And it's just, it's wrong. It shouldn't be like that. At the very least, these firearms, well, they can call them firearms. Like, I personally think they're toys, but in Australia they call them firearms because they fire projectiles. Um, uh, these things should be uh, without registration under a Category A licence. That's it. Yep. That's what it is. They shouldn't require registration. You should be able to buy them off the shelf under a Category A license. And that way, you, at least you'd know that whoever's buying them is not a criminal who's going to all of a sudden go down in the shops and whatever and use them to hold up a store. If, if, as if that is even a, a massive problem in other countries. It isn't. It is rubbish. And the fact that our pro-gun politicians and politicians in general haven't been able to make this logical leap uh, is just astounding. So, um, and I guess, but they're also just listening to what the police say, and police always drive fear into them. Yeah. I guess, you know, they say, oh, no, they're going to be used to hold up stores and all this stuff, and, uh, you know, the sky's falling, and uh, we're going to have all these imitation guns everywhere. And don't get me wrong, there's, there, we've got plenty of imitation airsoft rifles and guns in this country right now. I mean, you're always mm. hearing on the news, oh, they, they've arrested a man who had an imitation firearm, you know. Mm. These things are already, uh, you know, in the country. They've been imported illegally um, by all types of criminal groups. So the idea that it's just still illegal to have them in this country, that they're somehow Category D firearms or whatever, it's just absolutely mind-numbingly dumb. And, and I certainly hope... One of our pro-gun politicians or politicians in general can do something about it in the future. Good on you, John. Thanks for your, thanks for your letter. Yeah, and we're going to play uh, a voicemail now from Brittany Spaulding. Uh, sent me this actually while I was hunting. We actually forgot to play it last night, last time. So we're on the straight shooting podcast. Right, so yes. Sorry. We're, we're, we are a bit slack. 
Uh, so what we're going to do is going to play Brittany's voicemail now, and uh, you can have a listen, and uh, we'll address that. So here's what Brittany had to say. Yeah, hi, guys. My name is Brittany. This is the first time I've actually listened to one of your podcasts. I was directed here from a Facebook page I'm on, um, but I really enjoyed it. I'm not a licensed firearm owner. I'm still waiting for all the checks to go through. Um, I've done my safety course, and I'm just waiting for the you know background checks and all that to be done. So fingers crossed. Um it was really refreshing to hear so much um, sensible and rational discussions going on because the thing about TV and media, like like recently on The Verdict, the Adler debate and all these radio stations, they don't seem to care about real-world facts and figures. They just seem to want to discuss their own opinions and the, you know just emotions-based uh, things, which shouldn't the, the emotion doesn't belong in any rational discussion you know it's just because at the end of the day you're discussing people's rights the rights of law-abiding citizens if you obey the law and you know you stay out of trouble it's not a privilege because i do agree with you on that one it is not a privilege to own a gun if you own a gun lawfully it is a right so i just wanted to give you guys a pat on the back and um, just say thank you because it's people like you that are going to make sure that, you know, we keep everyone in check, you know, make sure that all this baloney that the antis are spreading um, doesn't, isn't left unchecked. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah, Gronja, uh, thanks very it. much for that voicemail. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's somehow facts and figures and uh, common sense and logic seems to just go out the window when it comes to uh, about gun debates here in the media. And they seem to conveniently want to ignore all the facts and figures. And they always want to focus on the on the one thing that, oh, well, ever since gun laws in 1996, we haven't had a mass shooting since blah, blah, blah. And you hear it all over and over yeah, and over again. Yeah. And they or conveniently ignore the fact that Canada hasn't had any either. New Zealand has, hasn't had any either, which pretty much disproves their um, claim that you know gun laws work because... These countries haven't had any draconian gun laws and uh, they haven't had any uh, similar incidents either. So, you know, to say definitely, definitively that it is a result of gun laws, well, you'd be flat out wrong. So, you know, absolutely right, Brittany. It's just that, you know, it's very hard to get this message through to the media because I guess they people will only hear what they want to hear. And uh, if they don't want to hear a particular message, well, they'll just switch off or they'll try and uh, shut you down. So, yep, I don't that's... think it's so much it's guns. I just think, well, it is. But, yeah, people just, they see this this symbol of firearms. You know, you shouldn't have it for protection. It's just, I don't know, it's a deeper, I think it's deeper than just firearms. I, well, I can't we've had believe... 20 years of left-wing media brainwashing on the public. That's what yeah. we've had. We're oh, we don't want to be like America. Yeah. And the, we've had 20 the... years of that, and that is going to, mate, that is a massive mountain to climb to get over that. Um, to, uh, I guess, uh, tell people the facts and educate people. I guess uh, it's a massive mountain to climb. And, and I guess that's why me and Jason do the show. Hey, Jason. Yeah, basically. Because uh, we, I know we're preaching to a lot of the converted, but I guess it's the converted that have to go out there and, uh, and I guess... do the legwork. And do the legwork and, and push the message. It can't be just Muzz or Jace or Aussie Reviews or, um, you know, um, that nice uh, bloke from WA. Uh, look, it's it's got to be... Yeah, it's got it's got to be it's got to be every every person. If you're a gun owner um, in this country, uh, make no mistake about it, you are pretty much always in the crosshairs, political crosshairs of the people who want to destroy uh, your freedoms, your rights, your way of life. Are pretty much the uh, people who want to destroy uh, conservatives, 
which is uh, pretty much the predominantly um, uh, group of gun owners, is uh, usually a centre uh, or centre-right conservatives. Mm. So they want to destroy us uh, any, any way they can. So, mm. And this is the way they do it. They use guns as a, as a uh, method to destroy us. Yep. So, And we can't allow that to happen. The only way we can... Uh, fight that is through through voicing our opinions, standing mm. tall. I think Brittany's part of the Firearms Owners United page. Right, um, yeah, we've seen so, that page on Yeah, Facebook. they did a pretty good job with that um, that guy up in, uh, what would have been um, on the Gold Coast there somewhere, uh, about the shooting range. He doesn't want a shooting range there and a gun shop. There's no need to have it there. Mm. And they were in the media and did a, did a, did a fantastic job. Uh, I think it was it might have been the Gold Coast Bulletin, I think it was. But we'll have that for the next show. Uh, but they basically got in the media. Good stuff. And Firearms Owners United was quoted in the media, which was fantastic. So yeah, yeah. good stuff. Thanks, Brittany. We pretty appreciate it. We've always said it's a right at this stage on a privilege if that changes, you know, sometime in the future. Well, I guess, well, you know, it, that it, may it change. It won't change. Um, you know, like I said before, Jason, it won't change. We've got legal entitlements, um, which are rights mm. under the law. But I'm talking just the, uh, the, the, the sky fell, full blanket gun ownership ban. But even then, right, even then, um, I guess... Uh, yeah, we're getting it right. <laughs> a whole different topic. Well, let's not get into it. Okay? All right. Yeah, <laughs> Here you go. Let's stuff. move on. Move on. Anyway, we're going to move on. Um, all right. Very interesting topic um, from episode. We have uh, definitely one of our... Yeah, episode 104. If you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it. The Straight Shooting Podcast, episode 104. Uh, and, and there was some criticism, mainly positive, probably about 95% positive. Uh, we, we said some... Uh, things about Robert's comments. And if you don't know what they are, you can go and listen to the, the 2GB or episode 104. Episode 104, yeah. Yep. You can on, check that out. Where Robert did an interview, Robert Borzak from the Shooters and Fishers Party, did an interview with uh, Andrew Bolt. As you all know, it was, it was less than satisfactory. Um, mm. we, we received about 95% positive feedback. I'm not going to read out a lot of the stuff because I just don't think it serves anything and it's yep. not going to help you know, the course of what happened. And this is what we said initially. Um, you know, people really, one person in particular said some re- really, you know, was trolling my Facebook page, my personal page, was trolling our podcast page and you know, just, just for no reason. It was angry with us for bringing up this stuff. I mean, I, didn't, I don't want to have to bring up this stuff, no. but we said when we started this show, that this is what we would do. We would tell yeah. the truth. We would tell the truth. Be upfront and honest. Be upfront and honest. About our opinions. You know, we, we are big supporters of the Shooters and Fishers Party. As you know, mm. I just did Daniel Young. Uh, and this is not us backtracking from our comments. Everything I said on that show, and, my, and Mario says, yep. I 100% believe I, I would say the exact same thing again tomorrow. Uh, so we're going to do some good things now because Robert was on. Well, but well, Jason, go just on, to recap on. people's memory, yep. um, we were basically commenting that in yep. certain interviews in the media, Robert Borsak has been up and down in terms of uh, gun rights. Yeah. Uh, one week he's supporting, next week he's not supporting, he's, didn't, yep. he's not saying the most favourable things, in my opinion. And this is what we wanted to point out. We were just hoping that the message could be a lot more consistent. Yeah. And just recently, Jace, mm. Robert Borsak done an interview on Sky yep. News with Richo. Yeah. And that was an absolute cracker of an interview. Let's, he, let's he play really, it first. Let's, let's play, play it. it. He let's really hit it. it out of the park, let's in my opinion. It. He done a really great job. This is what uh, this is Robert Borsak and Richo on uh, gun laws uh, on Sky News. Well, thanks for your company here on Richo. In our Sydney studio, city studio, is Robert Borsak. He's a Shooters MP, Shooters Party MP in the Upper House in New South Wales. Welcome to the program. Yeah, hi, Richo. Now, first thing, given that you're a shooter, let's talk about gun laws. I mean, I hear Donald Trump say that the best way to stop school shootings is to arm the teachers, uh, which I find ridiculous. Uh, what, what sort of stance do you take on these issues, Robert? 
Look, our, look, our stance is pretty clear, and that is that uh, you know what might be appropriate in America. They've got a different culture, different constitution. We don't have that culture in Australia, so we wouldn't, for example, be ever advocating for teachers to be armed in Australia because there's just no need to. Uh, way our society is run, our uh, you know our schools, uh, it's not necessary, and we would not be supporting that sort of thing. Now, in terms of the gun laws as they are, are you happy with them? And it seems to me that they don't appear to be a big issue at the moment. Well, look, the answer, the simple answer to that is no, we're not happy with them. Um, the NFA and uh, what's been going on really for the last 20 years has really been putting the emphasis at, uh, of the propaganda, if you like, and also the money uh, in the wrong areas. Uh, it's been pumping a lot of money into the regulation of law-abiding citizens uh, in the vain hope that uh, controlling uh, law-abiding citizens through gun laws somehow controls crime and, even worse, uh, it somehow also control uh, terrorism. It doesn't. Uh, and I think we're learning those hard lessons now. Well, crooks will always find a way to import guns, but I don't think too many of your members are doing, doing it the way they're doing it. <laughs> no, well, our members uh, you know, generally don't import guns at all. Uh, the real issue is uh, the poorest nature of our borders in Australia, and uh, we're finding that, uh, uh, and you would have seen it too, that there's all sorts of glocks and God knows what else coming through, through the borders, through, in bits and pieces, through the mail, you name it. Uh, none of that's really being properly addressed, not as far as we can see anyway. No, it's going to be pretty hard to see it being done as well. Well, when John Howard got up and, uh, and made the stance that, that, that he made back in uh, you know, the, the 90s, where, where did you stand on that? Well, we, we thought it was over the top. Um, we think that uh, it, it wasn't necessary to go grabbing every, se every, every semi-auto, every pump action. Uh, and then go through a massive buybacks and what, the way we look at it they were really just confiscations and all they did was throw a bit of money at us uh, but even worse than that they removed the right to self-defence completely from any Australian and uh, again those things are gone you can't uh, get them back too easily we don't like to see that continue um, our party's got a background of uh, advocating for self-defence we've done that uh, John Tingle introduced t uh, two bills and had them passed in the New South Wales uh, Parliament uh, dealing with the, the home, home Invasion Bill and the Work Protection Bill for uh, uh, criminals attacking workers in their workplace. Yeah, uh, so I, we're very uh, much in line with uh, making sure that the old, the infirm uh, and the young have the ability to uh, be protected, not just to wait around for criminals to do their duty and then in turn see that uh, they can't protect themselves. Uh, well, one last question on, on that issue then, um, I, just in something you just oh. mentioned. It strikes me as, as odd that you'd worry about about semi-automatics. Why do you need a semi-automatic weapon? Well, look, for a start, they're not weapons uh, in that sense. Everyone, when you talk about semi-automatics, they think immediately about military-style firearms. Uh, the reality is that uh, in, a, in Australia, all you really can do for the majority of shooters, probably 85% of shooters, you can own a firearm for uh, hunting or vermin control. They're the two major reasons. And the third one usually relates to uh, farming and or... Uh, oh, sorry, and there's a fourth one as well to do with... Um, uh, target shooting. Now, you know, for, the, for, for all those except for target shooting, there's a, good, there's a good reason why it would be good to have a second and third and fourth follow-up shots. It doesn't automatically mean that because you have one of those firearms, you're automatically going to be a dangerous person. Uh, the New Zealand examples show all of that. The licensing, background checks, criminal checks, etc. that go on in Australia show, just as it could be and is happening in New Zealand, that uh, a person like me, who's been uh, a licensed shooter for over 45 years uh, is no danger to society and uh, we see that in New Zealand all the time. People have 
uh, self-loading uh, firearms. They're not automatic in the sense of what you would think is a military type firearm. They're just self-loading, that's all. Yeah, someone like me who's just never fired a gun finds it all a bit strange. And I, I don't want to fire one, I might say. I think I'm probably better off leaving them alone. And there you go, guys. You just heard the interview, and uh, we'll just cut out a little bit of that last segment there because I was talking about yeah. ICAC and all yeah, that. It wasn't stuff. really yep. important, but yep. Robert done a really good job on that too. But the point was is that he really done yeah, a great yeah. job there, a very consistent message. And if you can hear Richo, Richo was a little bit left speechless. You yeah. know, like you know, he and didn't really know Richo's what to say. Not which... exactly an owner, or sorry, a friend, a friend of gun owners. But this no. is what, and Muzz is one hundred percent right. This is what we wanted to say. If you listen to the Andrew Bold interview and just that Richo interview, it's I mean. It's short, it couldn't be, and this is what we're talking about, about consistency. It's not an attack on Robert. It's an, it, it's, it, well, I'm attacking what he said because it's not good for shooters' rights. I mean, people like myself and Mario, we've never wavered from our point of view in, what, th- three years probably since me and you have been doing the show. No, never, yeah. He did a great job on that Sky News, and, and we hope in the future this... You know, is is the message he's going to be putting out, and I, I got, well, I got a, a more on. consistent message, a more consistent yeah. message, which is what he said on the Sky News interview. I mean, I had someone message. Obviously, someone is listening because pretty much, I literally had someone email me, not a very nice guy, saying, you know, pretty much drawing me attention to the Richo interview because I hadn't seen it yet, mm. saying what Robert was saying was pretty much what we were saying on the previous show, well, mentioning yeah. New Zealand, you know, self defence, exactly, yeah, you know, so. I love the fact that he was very strong on self-defense. Fantastic. I mean, Mm. that's something... This is what we want. That's something that SFP should own because that really... I mean, John Tingle was championing self-defense. SFP, New South Wales, I mean, they should own that issue. I mean, it's Mm. fantastic. No one's going to be surprised that a pro-gun party... And, uh, you know, Shooters and Fishers Party is going to be uh, pro-self-defense. No one's going to be shocked or surprised by that. That's just a given. No. So, I mean, it's fantastic that he we mentioned it. And saying... it's fantastic, Jace, that he mentioned, uh, that he mm. uh, used the example of New Zealand. And that needs to be used a lot yeah. more. Because, we, we, our, again, our beef was part of the fact that saying we want to re- repeal the NFA, but then agreeing Category D and people shouldn't have these for hunting. As I've said before, I know a lot of guys in the States has literally millions of people that are using ARs and those semi-automatic rifles for hunting, coyote oh, yes. hunting, you know, gophers, whatever, little squirrels, whatever they call them, um, deer hunting yep. uh, from their tree stands. A lot of people are using these firearms. So, again, we want a consistent approach. We did a, he did a great job um, going on, a, I guess... Well, well, we'll always give praise where it's due. It's due. And, and, he, and honestly, he knocked yeah. this one out of the park. And yeah. that's why we were said up and down... I hope this is a well, consistent message yeah, at Robert Wood for the future. I hope, I hope we see more interviews like this yeah, from Robert. If, if that's, he, that's what's really good. If he does this in the future, he'll absolutely get a lot of praise from us. Muzz, let's go on to the Adler. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Muzz, the big girl, bought a uh, Adler. <laughs> big girl, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> he, he put his skirt on and he's got an Adler oh, now. So Give it a rest. Um, tell us All what right. you bought. Tell us your initial thoughts about okay. the Adler. You All know, right. you are a bit of a tight man when it comes to firearms. He, oh, he, yeah. Put it this way, guys. He's not a Seiko <laughs> buyer. He's not a Seiko <laughs> buyer. His guns are normally under 1000 bucks because his missus doesn't let Seiko is definitely off the list because it's too <laughs> expensive for mind me. You, he's got, mind you, a lot of uh, real estate assets. He just, you can't afford it if you have $1,000 <laughs> when it comes to guns. So. No. A bit of a cheapskate when it comes. Look, I love good value for money, Jace. I love it. And uh, any gun that provides good value for money, I'm all over it. Okay? And I can tell you guys right now that Adler is definitely such a gun. It's a fantastic shotgun. I'm spewing. I was I really meant to bring it over here and, and, and just really uh, hold it in my hands and, uh, you know, 
I guess, uh, use the lever a few times so you guys can hear it. But anyway, I left it at home. I've, I've basically forgotten it because I was pretty much in a rush to get the Jasons. But anyway, uh, okay, my thoughts on it. Fantastic. What Go about the one. action? Hang on, what about I know. <laughs> hang on, I know guys were having a problem when you pull the lever down. Yep. There's like a little... Is it steel or is it aluminium? Because oh, it looks aluminium to me, but again, I've only seen one of them at well, the uh, Penrith Gun the, Show. The, the lever is uh, aluminium, but it's yeah. attached. Yeah, but it's attached to a steel, uh, like a steel rod. Yeah, but the main core component, from what I see there, is that aluminium lever. Uh, look, I'll thing. be honest with you, Jason. Oh, um, cool, there's look, it, it doesn't seem to be. Because I know a few guys have had a problem, especially when you're racking it hard. Yeah, yeah. It's going to get some punishment. Uh, how easy is it to pull down anyway? Is easy. it easy to pull down? Yeah, easy. Easy, easy to clean? Yeah. No, easy to clean, easy to pull down. Uh, very nice, good quality, mind you. I, I was really uh, surprised by the quality. Uh, nice Turkish walnut, excellent checkering. Uh, look, you won't be disappointed with it, guys. For eight hundred dollars, mate, mm. I'll tell you. And we just seen there's also not much too, gun. The... There's not much gun you can buy for eight hundred dollars, and this is great. This is a lot of gun for eight hundred dollars. Yeah. And the Turkish manufacturer, Partis, Partis, yes, just uh, brought out. Well, oh, I think they're coming in a couple of months. A very similar. Thing. The thing yeah. is, everyone... It looks like a real nice gun, too. Yeah, when you refer to the Adler, it's got such a name now, doesn't it? It's yeah. almost like that lever... No one calls them lever-action shotguns anymore. It's like, that's an Adler. Yeah. But the Partis, uh, the company Partis, I get another Turkish Also, there's, uh, there's another one, Jason. It's called Uskon. Uskon, yeah. Yes. There's a whole bunch of really good Turkish manufacturers out there making some yeah. decent firearms. But anyway, more a little bit more about the Adler. Hang on, like, hang on. Before that, <laughs> okay. Partis has bought out four different models, like a, I think a 20-inch, 28-inch. Yep. They've got a yep. synthetic, which I think Adler's bringing out a synthetic. Uh, they've also bought out a Marine style, which is stainless steel, 20-inch barrel, like a little coach gun. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic. I think they've got four different models. So I wonder, you know, if, if people are going to, you know, the Partis is any better, where they've built, you know, mm. some extra scene, the Adler bought one, worked on any positive benefits of making that Adler better into yep. a better model. Well, the videos, we the videos I've seen online, Jason, on uh, YouTube with the Partis seems to demonstrate a very, very sturdy, reliable lever action mm. on that Partis. And it's a very nice looking gun. What do you reckon it'd be good for, the old, uh, the old Adler? Oh, mate, it, foxes. I reckon it's a great fox and rabbit gun. Absolutely excellent. Mm. And put some uh, decent shells in there. You can definitely hunt pigs with it. No worries. Yeah. Um, what did you get? What barrel length did you get? The 20-inch. I've got yeah, the 20-inch. Right. Um, is that the pistol grip or no? Uh, no, nah, that's not the pistol grip. See, I don't like the pistol grip. The pistol grip, grip is the 28-inch, which looks like a great duck hunting gun. Mm. Mate, no, no, I, it would be. It probably well, wouldn't be bad. I know a couple of guys that are uh, using there. They've been uh, hunting ducks on the rice, I think, using their Adler. Yep. Uh, shotgun. Well, well, here's the thing. A, obviously. I mean, on the weekend, Jason, you know, we went to the Penrith Gun Show yep. on the weekend. and uh, well, that, uh, that was my first look at one, guys. I, that was um, Peter Richards. Peter Richards, yes. From uh, Old West uh, Guns. Pete we were Richards at Penrith, from, yep. from Old West Guns. He happened to have one there. And the action was very smooth, straight out of the box. Mm. And I can tell you, if you put 100 rounds through that, it's only going to get smoother. Uh, the, my action's fairly smooth, too. It's vir- virtually the same. As the one we we saw at uh, we saw at the, at the gun show. So look, it, it's a fantastic gun. I know that Aussie Reviews done a review on it online. You can check it out. And he was having a bit a few problems with the lever, and he says it's a bit tough. Well, my, mine's not tough at all. It cycles smoothly. Yeah, but I want to wait until and, you get out in the bush and actually load up some. Yeah. You know, get that pressure from those shotguns. That's when you start to see any issues. Yeah. You know, grips moving backwards and forwards. Anything breaking. Um, yeah. You know, because again, most people know. I'm not sure if I said this on the Facebook page. I bought an Acker because yeah. Acker's one of the, you know, one of the of the Turkish brands is, is pretty good. Now I bought the five one two, which is the side by side thirty inch. Yep. Now like. 
the, the the gun walnut or the want fantastic yep. five year warranty the yep. finish is a matte finish mate it fits me like a glove literally yeah, yeah. unfortunately <laughs> I sp- I know someone that I talked to and give him a bit of a shout out Tim from Horsley Park really nice guy good everyone Horsley Park yeah uh, and Tim you know I talk about Tim they've never really had one back yet this is my second time it's been in for warranty now I took mm. it down on the rice fields to hunt ducks. I go to shoot, and the trigger was just hard. I'm like, oh, I just blew a set of ducks because I had my safety on. Hmm. And then I looked at it, and went, oh, hang on, the safety's not on. It, sometimes it would shoot the first shot. Sometimes it would shoot the first shot and then go hard. Apparently, there was no sear gap, they said. So I took it up, took it down to the sporting clays again with my mate Anthony, who I shoot with clay yep. targets and go hunting with. Mate, three shots in, it's doing it again. So I know Naya were the importer. So again, I took it back literally that day. Now it's in for warranty again, so I'm not sure if uh, there's going to be a refund or what's mm. going to happen. I mean, this is the second time for warranty. Uh, it's probably about three weeks, so I should get it back pretty soon after this podcast, probably. So, but you know, Muzz but, likes but, it. But you know what, Jason? Look, with any manufacturing process, you may get a yeah, couple. I, of, I think I got the Friday afternoon one. You probably got the Friday Arvo one, where they're <laughs> desperate to knock off. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll just fix this one up quickly, yeah, and yeah. that's Jason's one. But probably. I mean, they said they haven't had any backs. So, I mean, and I, I probably yeah. believe that. I believe they hadn't because yeah, I know you, you, might, you, might, you may well. just be unlucky. And look, that happens. You know, look, if there's something wrong with your gun, it's very important, guys. At the point of purchase, you really thoroughly. Check Check out that rifle. Mm. But like I said, you don't know when they... Or whichever type of gun you're buying. Really thoroughly check it out. Make sure you're happy with every aspect of it. And then even that, try and make sure you go for a shoot with that rifle or that 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 shotgun as soon as you can so you can test it out. Yeah, you don't find the problems until... Like, they probably took it up there, fixed it, shot two, three rounds out of it. That was it. Oh, fine. Yeah. You know, whereas well, I'm not saying they did that, but I'm guessing it's probably what they did. They're not going to put three to four boxes through it. Whereas we, when you take it out and give it a big hammering on sporting clays yep. for a shotgun, you know, you're getting you know, 100 rounds out of it. That's a lot of pressure, a lot of build up, a lot of whack, a lot of recoil. That's when you start to see the problems of these guns, you know. And like I said, people say buy once, cry once. I know guys that have got Ackers never had a problem with them in the, in the under and over range. I must have just got a lemon. Maybe. I must maybe. have just got a lemon. Now, can I just talk a bit about my Adler? Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Sorry, this was a positive review about the Adler. Now it's turned into yes, nothing, Jason's Acker not working. Look, uh, love it. Nothing but praise. Now, there's a couple of different variants coming out. There's the Pardis, and also there's an Uscon shotgun coming out. Uh, for those of you that are interested in buying a lever action shotgun, fantastic. Go and have a look at them, guys. You won't be disappointed, and especially yep. the Adler. I mean, the Pardis is a little bit more expensive, Jason. So I think it's about 1200 bucks. Is it? So, yeah, so it's a bit more expensive. Might it looks be the nice. new and improved version. Well, who knows? Who I don't knows? know, but you're definitely paying for it. You're paying $400 more. Do you reckon and we're going to get $400 worth more of gun? Or? I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, really. I mean, look, the Adler's great. I, I love it. And I'll tell you right now, I'll just give a bit of a free plug. Listen, I'm thinking about getting one, eh? but I'm still... What do you guys think? I mean, send us a voicemail if you've yeah. got an Adler. If you've got an Adler, please Tell us let about us know. Are you, are you having yeah. problems? Are you having problems with that little steel bit under the lever, which is... is it? too flimsy is it not is it should it be better is yeah what do you guys think should it be steel um you know what do you guys think because i'm not sure if i should get a 20 inch uh, you know, sometimes I might hunt the ducks. Maybe it's good on the ducks. I might, you know, maybe maybe a twenty-eight inch in uh, might be better. But I'm just not a fan of the pistol grip on the on the twenty-eight inch. I prefer yep. the, you know, the, just just a standard flat, uh, you know, stock on the twenty inch. Yeah, so maybe maybe a Partis might be better for me. I don't know. But the Adler seems like it's uh, people are impressed with it. You know, they're, they're yeah. Well, I mean, look, what I'm impressed with is uh, look. To be honest, Jason, the fact that these guns are coming out now. Uh, to Australia. I mean, we've had lever action rifles here before. We've had it for a long time in different uh, variants, but none, uh, I guess, uh, that's made as much commotion as the this one. So, and then, and then you've got other uh, manufacturers now wanting to bring out 
uh, the gun. You've got the Pardis, the Uscon, which is great. And uh, to be honest, uh, look, guys, I can tell you this right now. This is a great example of uh, how people power works. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the reason why guns like the Adelaide are in the country is because the thousands of you, the thousands of you that wrote in to the to the Justice Minister Keenan, that wrote in to your yeah. uh, police uh, ministers, I'm your, sure your state a, I'm ministers. I'm sure a kick in the bum from David Lionhelm with yeah, the sunset clause yeah, made a bit of a absolutely. difference too. David Lionhelm uh, uh, absolutely uh, was uh, instrumental in this as well. And I can tell you right now, but the overwhelming reason is yeah. not because... From shooters. From, People like exactly. It's show. not because of any one particular political party no. or politician. It's because of you. Let's you not guys. discount ourselves. Exactly. You guys who got off your butts and you wrote a letter telling the politicians to essentially, listen, mate, you do this and you'll be on, you'll be on the nose. We don't realise. I mean, we, we are not small minority. You know, yeah. let's talk about the same thing. We've spoken about this before: the Muslim community, gay community. Yeah, really, a minority compared to shooters. I mean, we're like eight hundred thousand. Well, exactly. You know? We have the, the power. We is... just we just don't use our yep. collective heads together to get as one to make the change. Because, like we said, we've got people now that are really believing. You know, the NFA, oh, this is great, fantastic. Mm. You know, we can't have semis, great. Shooters saying these things, organisations (laughs) saying these things. I I mean, that's why we made the comments on the last show about Robert and the media. Same thing. We need to stop this, work together for the better cause. If we get 800,000 people work together, we would be unstoppable. Anyway, but you know what, Jace? What would you give the Adler out of 10? Well, listen, Jace, let me just make a few more comments in regards to that. This is really, really important. Let's move on. Your Adler's not that great. No, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. It is not bad. It it needs to be acknowledged. It's so important. This is probably the most important part of the show. It needs to be acknowledged is is because you guys, the rank and file members of organisations, the, the, the law-abiding shooters who got off your butts, you wrote a letter, you wrote a letter to the Justice Minister, Michael Keenan, you wrote a letter to the, your respective police uh, commissioners and police ministers uh, in your state. Uh, in this state, it's um, Troy Grant. Yes. Uh, so, mate, next Tro- Troy go Grant next, would yeah. have gotten hundreds, if not thousands. Yeah. And I wrote, I wrote of, to Troy of, Grant. Of emails, emails mm. regarding this issue. And let me tell you, that is the reason why this gun overwhelmingly is in the country and will probably remain in the country if we are vigilant. Yeah. Now, if we had just sat down and done nothing, I can guarantee you this gun would have been banned. It probably wouldn't have even entered mm, into the country. Absolutely. And, 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 I, and I know from some of the states, Mars, they're disagreeing. With, the federal government's obviously pushing this. And people say, well, you know, it's... And a don't forget, Jason, it is banned in... in, in um, uh, uh, what plot? Where? Sorry. I've just got a mental Queensland, block there. Victoria. No, no, no. In Canberra. Know. Canberra, yes. It is yes, banned in Canberra. You're it is correct, banned correct. in Canberra. So yeah. they've managed to ban it there, but thankfully... See, and this is what people leave. say about federal politics. They keep saying, don't they? Well, you know, it's a state issue. I, I won't have... Much, I, I can't really do much. Uh, we've got to go to the States. Well, you've seen Tony Abbott ban the Adler literally with a stroke of a pen overnight. Pretty much. So it's not always the case that somehow no. it's always a state issue because the federal government will do exactly what they please when they like. And we'll actually play that now. I'm not sure we played this in the last show, but it'd be great for people to hear again. Uh, this was um, uh, the police minister for New South Wales, Troy Grant. Uh, on the NFA, there were some reporters asking him some stuff. Michael Keenan was there. I mean, he speaks like a girl. Uh, just like, you know, he, he doesn't seem like a guy. You, you see, Maybe it's because Troy Grant's actually a, uh, you know, was in the police force. He has a bit more get up and go. He, he basically took over when they were asking him questions. Um, this is uh, Troy Grant. 
on the Adler. Yep. Uh, the and and that gun, yeah, fantastic. Is all I can say is have a listen to it. I actually emailed Troy Grant and said this will go a long way in repairing the fractured relationship. We should be working with the police. We need to work side by side with the police to get firearms, illegal firearms, off the street and work with our police. I still think there's a massive long way to go before the police trust us. It's basically one of them. I mean, we are some of the best people in the community. We're basically treated like criminals now in waiting, waiting for that you know, 22 ammo to fall on the ground. Anyway. Here's what Troy Grant said, uh, and yep, Minister Michael Keenan. You'll be don't worry. You'll be able to tell which one's which because you know the guy that's speaking truth and sense is Troy Grant. So here's what he had to say. Can I ask about guns violence just across here as well? Um, there, there has been protests in Sydney about. Um, I can't think of the name of it now. Sorry, is it the Adler? Adler, Adler, Adler A110. Yeah, Sorry. So I know the one that fires seven rounds has been banned for 12 months, and the one that fires five rounds is being allowed into Australia at the moment. There's calls for that five-round gun to be banned now and not be allowed into the country until it's put in Category C or D. Is that something that will be discussed today? Uh, look, we've already had a discussion about that, uh, and the Council has agreed to uh, push those issues uh, onto uh, the uh, NJPSOG, which is the heads of our police agencies and our justice agencies meeting at their most senior level, so commissioners and secretaries, uh, to provide some further advice to Lexi to take those issues forward. But you'd appreciate that the interim ban that I've put uh, on that uh, well, not on that particular gun, but on uh, lever-action shotguns that fire more than five rounds, uh, does remain in place until August of next year. And obviously, we need to come up with a solution about where that's going to be categorised um, before that time. Troy, did you want to say something? Sure. Now, the New South Wales government has made it clear uh, in our communications with our community and, and the rest of the other jurisdictions that uh, our problem in relation to firearms and crime is not registered firearms. It is an illegal uh, firearms, illegal guns issue uh, that we face in New South Wales. Uh, greater than 97% of firearm incidents uh, reported in New South Wales relate to unregistered or unbranded, unmarked firearms. Um, so those people out there, the opportunists, uh, like David Shoebridge from the Greens today, will exaggerate the narrative. Uh, I think he's quoted something like there's 800,000 people in New South Wales that will have access to these weapons, trying to make a story that is simply untrue. Uh, there is not that many people that have a licence uh, for the category that these um, firearms uh, may go into. That's just an absolute nonsense figure. I'd like to get him to be honest with the community and, sort, and tell us where the source of his information is coming from. Uh, so scare tactics by uh, those in this space is very unhelpful. Um, we are working tirelessly across the country to make sure we're targeting where the problem is, and that is illegal guns, uh, but also making sure that the integrity of our National Firearms Agreement remains solid uh, and serves us well into the future. But with that Adler gun that fires the five rounds, the fact that that's allowed in Australia already, do you, do you think that there does need to be a review on that? Because I know the Greens have said what you've just explained, but there are victims that have had relatives die from, from a shooting, and they're even saying they're concerned about that gun being in Australia. What do you say to those victims that, that are concerned? Victims of firearms crimes I've just outlined are victims of un illegal guns and unregistered guns, not ones that you buy at firearms dealers. Uh, that is where we need to focus our energies. Absolutely, we need to ensure that our regime and our national firearms 
uh, partnership remains strong and has integrity, and we'll continue to do that. But as Justice Keenan, uh, Minister Keenan said, uh, that we now have the commissioners and heads of our uh, secretaries of our departments to make sure we get it right in this space to ensure that integrity is done, but our law enforcement bodies have all the support they need to track down those illegal guns that are providing uh, the safety risk to our community, not the ones you buy over a counter. So, Mr Keenan, when do you think a decision will be made on these particular guns? Uh, well, we'll need to have a look at that when we reconvene, which will be in April next year, uh, the next meeting of the Council. Uh, nothing will have changed between now and then because the, uh, the order banning uh, lever action shotguns with a capacity of over five uh, will remain in place until August of next year. Um, as the uh, Acting Premier said, what we want to do is move forward with the best possible advice. Uh, we do have a bit of time to get this right uh, and we will get the best possible advice through uh, the NJPSOG, um, which is a very high powered committee that can inform Lexi and uh, help us make the right decisions about this. Well, guys, you just heard from uh, Minister Grant. I didn't like the parts about the NFA and solid integrity. I'm not sure what he means by that, but yep. apparently I think but he's... But what's good, Jase, he gave Shoebridge a dressing, dressing yes, down, yeah. which is good. I think, but and, I think he sort of he, stuffed that up And he stated the fact? Yeah, he did. I think because when they said yeah. 800,000 people have access to them in New South Wales, I think he meant Australia-wide because yeah. it's about 800,000 gun owners. Yeah. But, yeah, it still sounded good. They like to lie, so, you know, <laughs> well, well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll take great, it. We'll take what's it. great is um, uh, Minister Troy Grant... Uh, he really spoke some common sense. It, it was common the, sense. I, well, I mean, look, like I said, like you said, sorry, uh, not in favour of his comments regarding the NFA. Obviously, I think he just has to toe the party line uh, in regards to that. But, uh, I mean, he made some good uh, common sense uh, statements uh, saying that it's a ma majority illegal firearm problem. Yeah, not 97% you know, somewhere around there. Not, not, not a problem uh, regarding law-abiding firearm owners, which is good. Um, and I'll tell you right now, mate, the only thing that's achieved that is the thousands of you that wrote in, so good on you guys. Give yeah. yourselves a pat on the back. But, Jason, it's mm. not over. Okay, there's going to be a review is, in April. And yeah, what's going to happen we're, then we're coming if they don't close. make a decision? Mm. What are they going to do? Because don't forget, as you just said, that sunset clause finishes in August. Yeah. So let's say there's not a decision made. Uh, that, yeah, they probably won't be able to extend that. I don't know. It's in, you know there was a sunset clause inserted you know, in, in there by, obviously, with David Lionhorn putting that in there or mm. asking, requesting to be put in there. So if, if well, nothing's just done by August, nothing's yep. done by August. I mean, people are just going to be able to, on August 1st, start bringing these in because the government literally won't be able to stop them uh, because under Category A. So well, I don't know. Well, we're bringing We've got them an election in. coming we're, we're up. We're bringing We've them in now, but what they're talking about, I think, the is, the, is the more, anything more than five rounds. Do you capacity. think they'll ever approve the seven-shot? What's your opinion? Oh, uh, look, I don't know. I always like to remain optimistic, really. Um, I mean, it's Stop just towing the line. Tell me I'm, the truth. I'm, I'm not towing the line. <laughs> I'm always like to remain optimistic, optimistic, and think we'll be able to get a seven-shot uh, capacity uh, shotgun. Let's now hope. we know we know that seven or five shot. There's absolutely zero difference. It's just semantics, really. It's just um, completely ridiculous that anyone would think that is going to be any kind of a major difference if you have a seven-shot or a five-shot. But you know they like to use it as a political plaything. But my advice to you guys that are listening to the show. Start preparing your letters now because we just we only just won round one. We've got round two coming up uh, and you're definitely going to have to send more letters to uh, the police ministers like Troy Grant in your respective yep. state. You're going to have to send more letters to Michael Keenan and you're going to have to tell yep. them while, they, while, this, uh, ad, while this NFA, NFA review, review goes, is yeah. going on that you don't want 
any negative changes to the national firearms uh, if, if it does, that, fact, you will lose your vote. In fact, you want a relaxation of the law. Exactly, That's what you yeah. want. You want access to Category C and D yeah. firearms. Because inevitably, if we just keep trying to fight for what we've got, we're going to lose it. You nah. need to step the ball forward. Exactly. Take, you know, it's almost like being a front row for the Penrith Panthers. You, know, exactly. you need to grab the ball, take it up hard, mate, straight it, up the centre. Exactly. You don't you just know? stand in one yeah. spot. I mean, this is what we're doing. I mean, a lot of our pro-gun yeah. organisations are in the mentality, oh, yeah, we just got to stand in one spot yeah. and, and, and protect what we have. I feel like we're I on the... I mean, that's the, just not enough. We're, I feel like we're on the 100... We're on the try line. <laughs> right now, we're back at the 30-metre line. You know, and we, we have, we've lost ground. Come on, anyone that thinks we haven't lost ground... Well, if we, you're going to stand in one tell spot... Me, Jason, tell me, Jason, what, hang it's on, very what? simple. If you're going to stand in one spot, I mean, you're going to get belted and you're mm. going to move back. <laughs> tell me one restriction since 1996 that any of our organisation or what's been lifted since 1996... Well, the 28-day clause, and, and, and you know, nothing significant, basically. Yeah. I mean, nothing. There's a couple of tiny little things. But, but I don't, I don't even know. I think they're in the reg. Again, we'll, we'll confirm this on another show. Yeah. But I think that's regulatory stuff. I don't think that's mm. a change to the actual NFA. No. You no. know, so the actual NFA. So, again, like I said, there's nothing. What, what have we actually achieved in 20 years? What have we actually achieved against getting our rights back? Well, Probably very little, if we, anything. Well, that's right. We're, uh, that's right, Jason. And yeah, it's uh, up to us, guys. We keep it's saying up to that. us. You know, you know what the problem is. You know, look, we, we always pay our membership to our club, and then we just expect them to do something. The reality is, they're not going. They're not going to be able to do what people power can do. Mm. Okay, that's the reality. And don't give up, guys. They'll give you some cockamamie reply. You know, generic. Everyone's get, don't yep. accept that. Don't no. go. Oh, okay then. Yep. Don't N- give up. Boom. Straight away. Response again. This is the spot response. I've said that before. This is the response you've said sent to my friend and about 10 other shooters I know. Not good enough. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be a long letter either. Yeah. Two, you know, three we, paragraphs, two always, paragraphs. We've always said that. You don't have to be a, a genius yeah. letter writer. You don't no. have, and please, if you're going to type in a five-letter essay, not gonna read don't. It. Don't. Trust me, don't. They're not going to read it. Yeah. Uh, they're going to probably read about a couple of sentences in the first page and oh, that's it. That's it. And the rest, will go, rest will go in, in the recycle bin. Just... Write a, a, a very basic letter, okay? Just say, Dear Minister Keenan, I'm not very happy with any kind of negative changes to the NFA. If you, if you do decide to make changes, it, it should be in favor of law-abiding shooters. The laws need to be relaxed, yeah. not tightened. Any yeah. more tightening of the laws, you will, will, lose, will, my you will lose my vote. And, and, and if you've got and family it. and the vote and of my it. wife and my and children, if they're a voting that's it. age. And I've got plenty of friends that will you'll also lose their vote as well. Exactly. And make sure you send them a clear message. Two paragraphs. That, that you, they will lose your support if they negatively affect shooters. Mm. And that's what it takes. And you know what? The fact that thousands of us already done it, it shows that we, we, we have the power to do something. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that will, go, that will give us... Because if we didn't have the shooters, yeah. and obviously Lionhelm representing us in federal parliament, yep. I don't think we'd have it right now. It'd be banned. Oh, yeah. uh, well, they'd say, sure. they'd say, oh, it's been suspended, but... Yeah, the only you know the only good suspension is how you know there's nothing more permanent than a suspension, is there? Without <laughs> yeah, a sunset clause, exactly. great move. There's anyway, nothing more permanent than a temporary ban. That's the yeah, yeah, that's the, that's what I was trying to say. God, yeah. Thanks for showing me up. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go on to some uh, news articles. We've been gone for about an hour and twenty oh, minutes now, so well, we, we only got time minutes. for a couple. Yeah, we ain't got time for a couple, so we're going to go through some important ones. The first one is... All right, guys, this one's an interesting one because this yep. literally is not far from my house now. <laughs> Long-time Kmart Blacktown employee, Marianne Zamet, celebrates 40 years of Where's service. Where's that from, Jase? Uh, this one is dailytelegraph.com.au by Doug Conway, February 16. 
2016. Now, literally, I don't work too far from this actual Kmart. Mm. Now, uh, yes, a long-time Kmart Blacktown employee, Marianne Zamet celebrates 40 years of service. When Marianne Zamet started work at Kmart in Blacktown in 1976, the store sold semi-automatic guns and bullets. Beautiful. I'm not sure how you sell semi-automatic bullets. You know, we're, we're semi-automatic guns well, and I guess bullets. Semi-automatic. Well, I could bullets. say and bullets. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, bullets. I guess I'm reading too much. <laughs> the American-style retail armory is long gone, thankfully. But Mary Ann is still there. Thankfully, Thank give it a rest. Right. It Tell was perfectly go. normal back then, she said, looking at the newspaper ads of the day, spruiking semi-automatics for sale at forty-two dollars and ninety-eight cents, and rifles for nine ninety-eight. <laughs> <laughs> How Could cheap you, is that? <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, this is great Hello, for all our sir. young listeners, Jason. You know? This is great for all our young listeners, oh, Jason. You know, because you know what? I'll tell you right now. When I tell people <laughs> what Australia used to be like back yeah. in the eighties, they, especially young people, their jaws yeah. dropping. Oh, Kmart, they what? can't no, believe it. No, no, they just they just don't believe you. you this know when I mean? Mark, <laughs> this is when Kmart was actually thriving instead of being. I know. You know? Anyway, she says twenty years would pass. Of course, they had to mention Port Arthur. Oh, twenty years God. would pass before Tasmania's Port Arthur massacre and Howard government's more stringent gun laws. But in those days, customers could walk in off the street and buy guns. She said, "They were in an o- sorry, they were in the open at first, not locked it up in a certain area. Though they were lined up in chains, and staff had the key. So that was that. Obviously, I guess at a later date. Yep. And now, uh, Jason, can I just mm-hmm. ask you a question? How many people were shot in Kmart? Yeah, none, 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 none. Uh, it pretty much goes on about you know, the things they sold at Kmart. <laughs> I mean, Marianne, hang your head and sh- congratulations on your 40 years of service. Congratulations. But, you know. But like, I like can't a, blame her for the story. I mean, her, who's the know? author? Who's, who's the author? Doug, Doug Conway. Good on you, Doug. Doug. But the Doug. point the point is with that, I said, uh, yeah, she says it was normal. Well, it would still be normal today well, exactly. if they hadn't have changed. You know, their tune media hadn't gone all left wing. But anyway, well, interesting prime, article. If the Prime Minister of the day didn't demonize us and make us... Uh, look all like a bunch of criminals. I yeah. mean, it's just crazy. People anyway. go, oh, there's guns in, you know, Walmart in in America. Oh, my God. You know, like as if it's the end of the world, like a gun store has to sell oh, guns. You know, God. heaven forbid, like when you go to you know, a petrol station, when you're in the States, they sell alcohol. You just buy everything there, cigarettes, oh, alcohol, no. whatever you want. No, I went to the pharmacy. I remember yeah. in the States, pharmacy, you buy alcohol, cigarettes, everything you want. Anyway, uh, okay, Jason. Yes. This is a little bit of an apathetic shooter. All right, story, right. Yeah, but there's no shooters involved except for um, the Townsville Crocodiles mascot. Oh yeah, this is funny, guys. <laughs> apathetic well, really. shooter, apathetic shooter. Pa, 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 pa. Okay, here we go. Oh my god, this Jason yeah. has to take the cake. Has to take this the is absolute the ridiculous gold medal prize for the most ridiculous, stupidest story I've ever heard in my life, and uh, here it is. This is from the Townsville Bulletin, and it's called Cannon Plodder uh, from Chris McMahon. The Townsville Crocs have had a, uh, have to hand in their T-shirt cannon after it was classified as a Category B weapon. Uh, GM Rob Honan, uh, Rob Honan and the Croc will have to throw shirts into the crowd now. Here we go. The fun police have infiltrated the swamp. Demanding the Townsville Crocodiles <laughs> hand over their popular T-shirt cannon. Officers from the Queensland Police Services Weapons Licensing Branch last week emailed the Crocodiles threatening, threatening, my goodness, uh, the club with prosecution if the weapon was not surrendered. The oh. cannon, which uses compressed air to fire free T-shirts into the crowd at the swamp, has been a feature of the Crocodiles' home games in the past 10 years. And it's a- very dangerous weapon. Didn't you know that, Jason? 
Yeah. Didn't you know that all those um, oh, pneumatic uh, yeah. T-shirt throwers yeah, are deadly you, weapons? Yeah, yeah. Drive-by shootings <laughs> with a pneumatic uh, shirt thrower. You I know? hear that every night on the news. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Didn't you know that? Okay. Here we go. The club was told the T-shirt cannon was classed as a Category B weapon. Uh, the, sorry. I just can't believe I'm reading this. <laughs> I can't bunch. believe it. What a bunch of Only idiots. something as stupid as this can happen in Australia, but I can't believe it at the same time. Okay. So the club was told that the T-shirt cannon was classed as a Category B weapon, the same as a shotgun or a rifle. <laughs> Watch out for that. Shirt thrower. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry funny, for my eh? language. Uh, there, was no, <laughs> there was no warning. There was just a letter that said it must be handed in or, <laughs> or people in possession of it would be prosecuted. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. I just can't go on, Jason. This is uh... just... Okay, so the poor croc from uh, the Townsville Crocodiles, the mascot, looks pretty upset in this picture because he's lost his um, air-powered... Shirt cannon, which is deemed to be um, a weapon for terrorists, I guess, by the police. It was a, it was a bit out in the blue on January 28. We got the email uh, advising the T-shirt launcher was a Category B weapon in Queensland and to lawfully possess it, it must be registered to a license holder. It goes on to say that before, <laughs> before a Category B weapon is registered, it needs to satisfy police in yeah, what the use God. of the weapon is. <laughs> What idiots! Honestly, this is. Well, just, I can't. I can't read this, this story they've anymore. Actually, they've actually made. I can't. Them. I can't read. I can't read it anymore. What an embarrassment to the Queensland Weapons Licensing Service I, up there! How embarrassed! I can't believe that they that they go on Hand about this. Handed in or face charge. This is the bullying just, tactics they use. It's just unbelievable. Like I mean, this you, you're you're talking about a pneumatic uh, tube, really. A, a pneumatic power tube that you put shirts in. Really, and the you, stupidity is out of control. <laughs> Of you launch shirts into the crowd with it. Yeah. And Someone had a joke confiscated on Facebook. It. Someone, confiscated it, yeah. for God's sakes. Someone had I a mean, joke yesterday on Facebook saying, oh, yes, you know, you know, it was a joke, obviously. He was being sarcastic. Oh, he, he goes, I've lost a family member to a pneumatic shirt thrower. You know, so it was kind of funny. I wanted to go. There's, there's not even point talking anyway, about that because the stupidity yeah, that, that, is just that's, crazy. That's just our, yeah. That's I saw this post on Facebook. This one's really interesting. I'll say his full name. Stephen Walsh. I like Stephen. Sounds like a nice guy. He posts this on the Australian National Firearms Lobby page. He's, he's, not, he's not backwards in coming forwards. We don't normally talk like this. We're a bit more politically correct, I would say, sometimes. To the Muppets on here who don't support semi-auto ownership or pistol ownership, etc., you're on the wrong page. Head over to Gun Control Australia and join your <laughs> pals there. We don't need your division and lack of support. All it does is support the antis. If you don't support some aspect of shooting, for example, you're a rifle shooter and you wouldn't be worried if pistol ownership was banned, then either change your attitude or stop calling yourself a shooter and a member of the shooting community. If you don't support all shooting disciplines, then divided we fall. And it was, yeah, definitely quite a debate uh, on that page, uh, absolutely significantly. Um, going on, before you go on the next one, I've got Apathetic Shooter. This one's interesting. We haven't done Apathetic Shooter for a while. I just thought I'd done it. <laughs> yeah. No, well, yeah, that's not, that's not a shooter, you Ap- know. Apathetic, apathetic Weapons ap- Licensing. Apathetic Weapons Licensing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he, this guy's, I, I'm not even sure what this was about. It's obviously about an article um, of about semi-automatics again, basically. I'm well-trained. Oh. I have never been in that situation. Here we go. So I'm not even sure what the situation was. Is this sorry. a disclaimer before yeah. they say something yeah, yeah, completely is. stupid? Yeah, yeah, okay. But I like to think 
if uh, so I, sorry, I'd like to think if uh, it would kick in if I were very simple, really, get rid of the guns. Hand, handguns and assault rifles should just be banned from civilian use. Oh. I've got no oh. problem with owning a gun. Lots of people enjoy hunting and gun sports. Oh. It's the concealable weapons and high-powered rifles that are the ones that need to go. Oh. Before anyone else replies, actually read what I've just said, then put some thought into it. Put it into context. Just for you farmers, and this, is, this is in capital letters, all capitals, just for you farmers and sports shooters, try, try getting up me, read the above. I clearly said that there is a legitimate use. So this is the sort of stuff that I'm talking about, it's guys. Yeah, who decides um, what's legitimate? You know, like, seriously, what's this guy's name again? Um, that guy was uh, John Maloney. Okay, John, John Maloney. Okay, so today they, take your, today they take your pistol, tomorrow they take your assault rifle. Uh, then uh, two years after that, they tell you, oh, no, that you know, hunting rifle you got is a, is a rapid fire, rapid yeah. fire gun. Uh, no, we, you can't have them. And then they say to you, no, well, you've got too many now. You've got five. You're only allowed three. Three sufficient. That's all you need. And then they say to you, okay, out of the three, um, you've got a couple there that are more than three round capacity. That's too much. I mean, it just doesn't end. Mate, if Here you we think, go. If you Hang think on. the gun grabbers are going to stop at one point, then you're kidding yourself. Here we go. Stuart. Stuart Jasper. I've been a hunter and shooter for years. Oh, here we go again. There needs to be some restrictions on people with these kinds of firearms. Mm. What restrictions what, would you recommend? What kinds of firearms? Yeah, wow. What kinds? Here we go. Another one. Andrew Duncan. Mm. The gun control is effective. At the end of the day, I'm all for making it easier to obtain a gun license. But getting rid of registers and lessening restrictions is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> this is well, why I, I talk Canada about New experience. Wrong. Yeah, this is I why guess. I talk about experience. Mm. If you realised how much damage you can do with only a high power bolt action, you would look at it differently. Of that, I can guarantee. <laughs> okay, buddy. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe these guys. You know, among us. And then this is the guy. This must be a shooter too. Guys, keep the registration and licenses. Yeah. It just makes sure people are responsible. I like the police well, yeah. coming to my house. Yeah, so yeah, did, he forgot That's to great. mention that you know keep make sure people are responsible by having registration. Yeah, yes, it's very slim, but there have been people that own firearms that have committed yep. criminal acts with those firearms, whether they were registered or not, makes no difference whatsoever. Well, the guns are stolen, the crims take it, they wipe but, off the serial numbers. But then he what, says, but I agree. But he says, but I agree with bringing back semis and pumps. Oh, I would love my old oh, semi, uh, my old a shimmer semi of hope. twenty-two back. It's a shimmer of hope. If we can't get rid of registries, I doubt they're going to give us, uh, you know, give us our semi. You know, order. it's funny, Jace. So you can't just comment. It's funny how these guys can't seem to join the dots. Here we go, another good one. You know? Wayne, agree with most part. Can't see the need for private ownership of assault rifles, though useless in the field. I would like my semi-auto twenty-two and pump shotty back. Much more effective at rabbit control than my bold action Bruno. So what he's saying is no need for assault rifles, but happy with a semi-automatic 22, which is technically the same thing, just in a different caliber. Yeah, I know. It can't seem to, they can't seem to join the dots. You know, you know? The, the semi-auto 22, that's fine. But the 223 semi-auto, no, no good. Oh, no, no, no good, good, no good. No that's good an assault rifle. <laughs> um, here we go. This is a good one. Just, this guy's not it's, a shooter. It's like, it's like no, I want my semi-auto, but no, yeah. I don't want you yeah, to have yeah, the yeah. semi-auto that you Again, want. Again, this is the whole ridiculous <laughs> need versus want argument. Here we go. John Crispin, uh, you are all idiots. Oh. If you don't have a gun, you cannot shoot anyone. Much safer. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, um, that's right, because in countries where gun ownership is completely abolished, there's no guns. Uh, hang on, 
Well, wait a minute. That happens to be not true. <laughs> I like when that Scott There's Jasper said... There's plenty of guns. They're just in the black market and yeah. <laughs> owned by all I the like criminals when, and not the good people. I think Sam Scott's a listener. He said, because that's Stuart Jasper said, I've been a hunter for shooter for years and there's be some restrictions on these types of firearms. So uh, Sam writes, wake up to yourself. These style of rifles are available in many countries outside the US for sporting purposes. He's 100% right. There's more people in the States using ARs and these, these semi-automatics mate, for Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe, virtually, oh, I know because I've been in, to Eastern Europe to many countries there. Virtually everyone's got an AK-style gun yeah. from the army. They keep it in their home. They use it to go hunting. Uh, it's not a problem. Uh, Canada, New Zealand, not a problem. Where do these? I don't understand. Just these people mustn't be very worldly. They don't understand what goes on in the rest of the world. They just think that. I guess we kind of live in the bubble in terms that in those sort of terms, Jason. And these mm. people they can't seem to get out of that bubble. They can't seem to join the dots. Like that guy says, "Oh, yeah, I want my Ruger Semi-Auto 22, but oh no, you're two two free. You know, nah, Ruger, no good, mate. Two two free. Too powerful. AR fifteen. Oh no, that's an assault rifle. That's just that's going to yeah. make you go crazy. That's a coin term to assault rifle. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Why is and this goes back to the look of a different particular firearm. Looks have nothing to do with it. Should have nothing to do. Uh. You, Mars, if I'm putting this out, which I wouldn't do. If you're put, if I'm pointing, say. You know, a side-by-side double barrel in your face, let's say. Oh, hope right? not. <laughs> no, and then, and then in the next breath, or it's a, say, Remington 870. Do you really care? Uh, you're still no, not going to be happy. You've still got a gun I mean, pointed at your face. Yeah, you, I mean, you're going to look at it and go, oh, that's a nice Remington 870. But in saying that, you're probably going to be really scared, and you're not going to care. Gun's a gun at the end gun of the day. It doesn't matter what day, it is. Any gun can kill. I'm not going to go, oh, yeah. that's black. I'm, I feel a, I'm, I'm about 100% scared, but... That, oh, no, it's got a wooden stock. I'm only 90% scared of this firearm. Like, let's get real, guys. We've it, got to get serious. It's just, yeah, it's unbelievable that people still think like this. Eh? Anyway, we're going to finish off in a sec, guys. Go through one or two more articles, and then we're going to finish off. So the next one is, all right, Muzz has got one on that uh, a lot of people know, that soldier. I think it was in Queensland, if I'm correct. Uh, training in the park, had his camo gear, carrying a pipe. Someone said, look like a gun. What's the article, Muzz, by here? Yeah, so this is, um, uh, let me just read this from abc.net.au by Josh Bavis. Uh, This is 9th of Feb, 2016. Police prosecutors have dropped the charge against a soldier who caused panic after jogging through suburban Brisbane with a gun-shaped object last year. If you remember that, guys, he was training using his mock-up rifle. A full-scale police response was launched after 26-year-old Nicholas Paul Latham was spotted running through uh, Rochdale. Oh, Rochdale, geez, Rochdale, is. sorry. Ah, terrible. Rochdale South, uh, wearing camouflage clothing and carrying an object in December last year. Several schools were shut down, <laughs> and Mr. Latham, were, Mr. Latham was eventually tackled by police. Oh, sorry, this is nauseating stuff. Uh, he told like police what? it yeah. was all a misunderstanding and he was training with a metal object shaped like a gun but was charged with a public nuisance. His matter went before the Holland Park Magistrate Courts on Brisbane South siding this morning where prosecutors dropped the charge. Well, that was a well, resounding success there for the police, police again in Queensland. Mate, the fact is, this is what I mean, makes the police look bad. When... So if it's not imitation guns, it's yeah. shirt throwers. Like I mean, and this I can't believe this got such notoriety. I mean, you know, public nuisance. I mean, it's a bogus charge anyway. But I mean, this might have affected him. You know, trying to get into 
you know, the armed services. I'm not sure if he's already in the armed. I think he was training. Was he in the armed service or he training to? I think he's training to go into the armed service. Anyway, yeah. Long story short, ridiculous charge. I know. I know. You know, this is just dumb. This is the sort of stuff we're talking it's silly about, stuff. guys. It's silly stuff, and it really doesn't uh, improve our reputation in the world stage, and it just makes us look like tools, really. Um, okay, Jason, I've just got a couple of things on a readout in the latest Australian Shooter magazine from your double SAA. Yes. Uh, a couple of positive things, actually. I'm really I know happy the guy that's on the news. front of that, too. That's James. He's uh, James Chung, I think his name is. Well, I'm not sure if that's in that magazine, that, that oh. uh, particular one. Oh, it's not that one, is it? Okay, no worries. What, what did you want to mention about the Australian Shooter? Okay, so this is uh, a letter from the national president, Jeff Jones, the double SAA national president. And this is inside, uh, let me just have a look at this, uh, the February 2016 edition of Australian Shooter. And uh, uh, quite good positive news. Now, I always love uh, reading the letter from the national president because you kind of tend to try and understand where the organisation's heading and what directions they're, they're going by listening to what the president has to say. And you've, Jason, interviewed uh, Jeff Jones. And I've been, Correct, yes. I've been a little bit critical of some of the things he's had to say. I think he raises a lot more questions than he answers. But anyway, in this in this letter, he says, um, another campaign, and I quote, another campaign on the horizon is the double SAA gun sales website. I thought, wow, I read that. It's good. Which will enable the firearm, firearms community to purchase and sell firearms online. This is another member benefit we hope will grow our association, making us even stronger at the pivotal time of our support while also offering current members the opportunity to buy and put up um, uh, put up for sale firearms online. I think this is great, Jace. Um, the use of this platform will be offered at a heavily discounted rate for members. Fantastic. Your SSAA has been hard at work over the holidays with the release of our educational tool, a journalist guide to firearms and the shooting sports, distributed to more than 1,500 media outlets, politicians and universities and libraries across the nation. Look, this is, I think, a good idea. This is a great idea because hopefully it will dispel some of the misinformation and educate people out there in the media and in the political world uh, regarding firearms and firearms ownership so that maybe they'll have a bit more of an understanding when it comes to certain um, stories in the media. And I think this is a good idea. Good on you, Jeff. Okay, so th- these 1,500 media outlets, politicians, universities, libraries across the nation, this guide is our antidote to the poor coverage surrounding firearms, and we hope this aids the media and lawmakers in accurately speaking about firearms-related stories or issues. We have uh, we had a big win before Christmas with uh, changes to custom regulation to firearms coming into force. Positive changes include one permit for travelling to and from Australia with a firearm, along with firearms on, on import-export only requiring serial numbers to be checked um, on an at-risk basis. These changes came about after active face-to-face lobbying by the SSAA and industry, and you can read more about this on our website. So that's fantastic news. There's three positive, um, positive things there from the SSAA. I'm very excited about the, the, uh, the website where you can sell your firearms, and yeah, I, I know well, there's man, already... In my opinion, there's plenty of uh, used guns. There's plenty of places look, around. Jace, hey, it's good. All right. Am, Jace, I, being, am I being a stickler? Uh, you are being a stickler because, All look, right. at least... <laughs> at least the, now, yeah, but I don't think it's going to explode. I mean, I think used guns. One of the sites here. I'm giving them a free plug, but yeah. one of the used guns website. Um, you know, they pretty much got them a, uh, a monopoly on gun sales. I mean, 
Yeah, maybe this might take over. I don't know, but well, I, I can't yeah, well, really see I it. Think, I think the SSAA have seen this as a great opportunity to offer members uh, discounted rates to be able to sh- uh, sell their firearms yeah, online. But this is, again, and this mate, is my whole beef, right? This is what yeah. I hate seeing, right? This comes back to this national park hunting thing. I'm si- it, it's got to be about the cause, mate. It's got to be about the cause. Yeah. It's not about, oh, well, again, we want to make more money and shut people. I'm not saying that's what they're doing. I'm just no, saying no. we don't want to shut people down in the industry. I don't want to see like uh, you know, public any organization come in there and it's like, well, if you want to hunt on public land, you've got to be a member of this organisation and you get a discount. Or yeah, no, I'm just mate, yeah. it's about I, the cause, I, mate. I look, it's about I, the look, cause. I understand. I understand that, right? You know, I don't want people okay. knocking out 95% of good businesses hmm. because, well, you're going to get a discount or, you know, we're going to open up this. Again, cornering the market and having no one else other than the SSAA or having no one else other than, you know, one firearms manufacturer. I just, I don't like that, man. Look, it's got I, to be I'm, about the cause. Jason, I understand what you're saying, but think about it this way. If the SSAA SSAA can produce a really good website where you can sell your firearms and also if they can help you facilitate the transfer of those firearms because we all know know, that that is a pain in the behind. Okay, the, the actual transfer. There's cost involved. You've got to go to a dealer. Too much cost sometimes. There's too much cost. If they can cut down the costs... Okay. Even and just transferring it for like, let's talk well, about, like, yeah. you want to sell a $100 air rifle. Mate, some places are charging $100 to transfer a firearm. I mean, it's just robbery and stuff. So, I know they've got to do their business. Yeah. I know they've got to pay for money. But I mean, it's actually promoting either the person keeping the gun or yeah. just having it destroyed if they don't want it anymore. Well, look at it this way. I'm not, I'm not trying to pump up the double SAA. I'm not. I'm just looking at it from a rational point of view, right? If this can make gun sales cheaper and easier to complete. Fine. I get what you're saying. For, yeah. the, for, for gun owners. Then great, it's a good thing. It's a fantastic thing. And I mean, anything that makes makes it easier and cheaper to get into the sport and to also transfer firearms is absolutely a hundred percent a great thing. So I think if that what ends up happening, then fantastic. Yeah, I'm more for more for sales. It. I'm more for more guns yeah. in circulation. If it's cheaper, that's fine. I just I just don't like you know. It's not anything against the double S double O by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. It's just that you know people cornering the market because they've got money. You know, they've got money. You know, I, I don't like that. I don't look, want to see like, well, look, hang on. If you're not a member of this club, you can't own this type of firearm. I mean, not that that's ever going to happen, but, you know, I don't want to go down that path. It's got to be about the I cause. I don't think, I don't, I know, but it, this is about the cause. This is making, uh, Jason, this is mm. just, this is making, and here we go. We, we, I need, anyway, I, I, just, to I just want to step back. I just want to step back We've, we've had our first seven wide disagreement. Yeah, I was going to, I was just going to comment. We, we, we're, we're actually having... You know, a, a, really, a really good discussion. I'm pro, he's anti. Oh, well, no, he's no. in the fence, on <laughs> the fence. Okay. Hang on. Oh, hang <laughs> on. on. The fence. Okay. What I'm saying is I, it's got to be about the cause, right? Not about who can make the most money. Jason, if, if, it, makes, about the if money, it makes it easier, if it makes yes. it easier for gun owners to See, sell this their com- guns, this comes down to, then it is about the cause. Okay, this comes down oh, to also, right, about... Mandatory attendances, yeah, that's it. whether through the registry or through certain clubs, forcing. Mate, if I don't want to go for twelve months and I've got other things on, family, relationships, yep. I don't want to go. I should still be. I don't have to. I don't want to go. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, I want to shoot yeah. ten times a month, I'll shoot ten times. I, know, I don't want to shoot. I if I want to shoot three times in a year and it doesn't cover the fourth well, attendance, bad luck. Yeah, you know, it's sort of about because well, you want they I, I want know. me to attend a range or or some organisation wants me know, to attend a range. I know you've got to be like a member of a union, otherwise you don't get yeah. in. <laughs> otherwise, well, please explain why you haven't been to the club, know. you know, for three months. You need to explain like some of these pistol clubs. You need to explain why you haven't been. I mean, it's absurd. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're, we've been going a long time now, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. What have we got coming up? Let's talk. Well, you know, look, Jason, we've got so many news stories. We haven't, unbelievable. We haven't, we haven't even, even covered them. To, it's we haven't unbelievable. covered a lot of it, and there's so many things I want to talk about. Yeah, we 
we've got our fabulous listeners writing into us. We've got voicemails. Uh, again, like I said, if you've got a specific, what we're actually probably going to do, I think, would be a good move on this show, is we're going to be introducing a topic, and we want you to write in or put your voicemails, and we'll read them out about a specific topic. We want your uh, input. Uh, yep. on these certain topics that we're going to put out on the Facebook page. So if you're not on the Facebook page, check it out, facebook.com, Australian Hunting Podcast. Check them out. Uh, jump on the page. We're going to put it up there. Leave us a voicemail. When you've got, basically you've got three minutes, you can do it from your phone, your laptop. You guys know all this stuff. We've said it before. We want more voicemails. People are a bit sure. We've got a lot of people listening to this show, and people just are shy to call up and leave a voicemail. Yep. Don't worry about yep. it. We edit them. We, you know, if there's too many ums and ahs, we edit them down. We make them sound good. So don't yep. be afraid that we're going to make you sound bad because we're not going to do that. If you're unsure, just re-record it and send it again. Okay. Now, guys, just on a different topic, D season's coming up. So, Yeah, we're going away on the yep. uh, March, I think, long weekend. Yeah, Easter well, long we're going to go do a bit of D hunting now. Of us. We spoke a long time, Jason, and we still haven't delivered. Okay. What's that? Well, we're going to try and uh, do it. That tra- was your job. Oh, mate. I'll tell he you. keeps saying he's got a family and he's oh, busy. Look, 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 look. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Look, I want to apologise to the listeners. We've been trying uh, to get together a, a little bit of a tutorial. Listen, maybe we need to maybe do an interview if we can get someone from the DPI. What do you reckon? That would be great. I think they that, might not want to do it because yeah. it's government organisation, but yeah. well, we can find that out. That would be great. But look, guys, definitely, um, if you haven't got your R licence yet, go and get it. All right? I'll just give you a quick rundown, and we're going to do an extensive... Uh, rundown later on, but look, get on the New South Wales um, Department website. of Primary Industries website. Uh, Jason, if you wouldn't mind just getting on there yeah, just quickly. We're, we're so here on the computer now. We're just going to go for it. It's uh, dpi.newsouthwales.gov.au. There you go. Uh, so forward slash hunting if you want to go straight to the hunting If you wouldn't mind page. just clicking on the website, please, Jace. All right, we're going to go yeah. there, Department of Primary Industries. That's it, here we go. And then you can basically, tells you to join up. You've got education and training, community awareness, what you can hunt. Well, gives you all the details. If you wouldn't mind, Jason, just uh, log in and... Uh, log in? I, well, I don't think I've got my details. Have you got... There oh, they go. actually they're already in there. It's yeah, auto in there. Nice. All right, what do I okay. do now? So, do? when you get to the DPO website, you go into game hunting and you get into licensing. Yep. Okay, and over in, inside inside there, you'll have a whole lot of information what it require what you require to get your R license. Yeah, you got all the uh, what do you call them? All the GPS maps for your certain yep. GPS. I mean, Garmin's. I think Garmin there. They've got the KMZ files for the uh, Google Earth, so you can see where you're hunting, where's excluded. That's a really great resource. Actually, we use that a lot yep. to. To scope out, but the main um, thing, but the main spots. thing, Jason, for those that don't have a license yet, you need to do your hunter knowledge course, the hunter education course, right? That's now, right. Now, there's yeah. a lot of organisations, clubs, hunting clubs, double S, double A, also doing in certain areas, uh, the Australian um, and don't Conservation forget to, Council. Once you do the safety or the, or the training, the first uh, testing, you also have a joint. I think they still call it an AHO, an approved hunting organisation. Yeah, the AHO. So you that's need right. to be a member of double S double A. Now there's an extensive list of AHOs yep. on the DPI website. website. So okay. you've got to join there's them, a, and then yep. you can join. Once you do the test, you're a member of an AHO, which a lot of people are if they're a yep. member of a major club. Again, ring up your specific club, see if they are. If not, you may have to join one to get the license. Yep. So um, it's very simple, guys. If you want to go hunting at the New South Wales State Forest, you've got a firearm license your guns great okay so what you do is just go on the dpi website fill out the application under licensing do uh look contact the organization do your hunter knowledge course and also i think you have to do the online module when it comes to uh being able to uh, use the gps and so on and once you've met all those criteria send your application with the hunter with your completed hunter knowledge course to the dpi uh once that's all complete 
then pretty much it's just a matter of a couple of weeks, and then you get a license. I say get the you know get the five year one support yeah. support public land, you know public land hunting. I've got a five year one. Mars is a bit tight, so he doesn't. Yeah, I'll get a bit. T- I'll he a three gets a three year one. one a bit but tight on that. I think my one's up in twenty nineteen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's pretty easy to do, guys. It's pretty easy to do, and this is the stuff we're going to do. And then you'll have access to to hundreds of uh, beautiful thousands uh, of acres or hectares of, of well. You know, I was going to say hundreds of state forests. Yeah, and there are. Yep. I think I think there's about well over two hundred. Is it, Jace? I'm not sure. We'd have to have a look again. We'll have to have a look. I know there's a lot. There's a lot of state forests. Yeah, yep. you want to go for deer? You can go south. You can go north. You can go west for goats. Um, you You've know, got again, access to so much hunting land, and it's fantastic. And sometimes I actually like doing this. This to Mars the other week because there's sort of no restrictions on you. I mean, obviously, you do the right thing. That's not what I'm talking about. But you know, when you go hunt for a farmer, sometimes they've got you there, mm. you know, for a reason because they want results. If you just want to go out, get up late, walk around, maybe shoot something, maybe not. You know, you can do whatever you want there. Exactly, you know, you're not and, restricted and, and to and get a lot results. Of these state forests are fantastic places to go camping. Take, you yeah. know, Mars took some goats in a state yeah. forest about uh, a couple of months ago. We've, we've seen plenty of deer down south in state forests down south. Um, but you know what's also interesting stuff. too, Jason, right? Okay. There's, you know, a lot of things, the best things in life are free, they say, right? Well, this is almost, it's very, very cheap. It's not free, but it's almost there. I mean, think about this, right? I mean, $70 or thereabouts a year. Yeah. It's cheap. It's it's very it's cheap. cheap. Uh, to be able to go and hunting, you can go it's there fantastic. Every if you live near close to a state forest, you can be there every weekend. Yep. I mean, you know, it might cost, cost you... You know, 50 cents a day for a day that you go depends on how many times you go so you'll be able to get a license license for there's different license categories for the license for dogs bows firearms and black powder now you can get a license for all those categories or like me you can just get a license for firearms and bows now the great thing is too jason what we have in this country which i really love is you can without any licenses which is great i think you can go down to your local archery shop you can buy a really cool compound bow some arrows join your local club uh, get some training, get an R license. You don't need a firearms license. If you just get an R license to go uh, hunting with bows and then just go hunting in the state forest, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, just just for the price of a bow and an annual fee of $70, you can hunt all year round. And I think that's just great value in this country. Fantastic. It is. It's one of the world's best systems and it's a, it's absolutely great. And, I, you know, if you haven't got an, an R license and yet... you've got to get the GPS and all that, which is... Yeah, you know, it can be a bit oh, no, burdensome, but it does phone. help. It does you help. can get the Avenza PDF... Oh, yeah, Avenza. Get the uh, Avenza app. On your app. phone, so you've got... You've got the A-V-E-N-Z-A, Avenza. Yep. Avenza, And yep. you, you get the uh, files, the PDF files off... Uh, and that's a fantastic tool. I mean, it works. The DPI website. The DPI website, you load them on your phone. And it's actually... I actually like doing them on the phone. I reckon it's much better than sometimes a little Garmin map. Or your iPad. You with your fingers iPad perfectly, yep. put it in your bag, you know, exactly. I mean, phones are perfect. If, you can, if you've got a way to charge your phone every day, I mean, I hardly, I use my phone now because I've got a way mm. to charge my phone with the uh, external battery or the secondary battery, so yep. I'm fine. But, I mean, um, look, Jason, I have my, um, I have my Samsung, um, uh, on, you know, mounted in the middle of my car and then yep. basically I've got the Venza PDF in, running. Zoom in, use your fingers. Yeah, I've got the Venza PDF running. I've got the exclusion zones clearly marked. Yeah. I know where I can go. I know where, I, where, I, where I'm not it's allowed to go. It's much better than the small it's so much, it's so It's so easy. And uh, you, you will never get caught out being in the wrong place. And it's just a fantastic tool. And it's just a yeah. real. And it's good for safety, know. obviously. Yeah, safety absolutely. is important. Make sure you get your snake. You got your snake wraps and all that. Your bandages. Make sure you know. And I got your an, blaze. Your blaze orange. Your blaze orange. Mario. I'm Caps. still trying to convince Mario to get an EPIRB, which I've got. When you go out on your own, yeah, yeah. you know, like I say to guys, they go, "Oh, I've got some um, snake wraps." And I say, "Well, that's fine if you're on your own. You're going to wrap the snake wound. The, uh, then what are you going to do? You're going to sit yeah. there and die slowly instead of fast." <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, guys, get yourself an 
EPIRB, I've got a GME, about 300 Great bucks. Idea. Great you idea. Know, if, if the shit hits the fan, hit the EPIRB, wait yep. for the chopper to come and save you. Get the GPS one. Do not get the one without the GPS because that's a five-kilometer radius uh, squared. No yep. good. GPS is within 25 meters. Uh, you hurt yourself. You can't get up. All that good stuff. Uh, coming up on the show, we've got... Um, uh, on the next couple of shows, we've got uh, uh, firearms regulations. Uh, Dr. Keston Green. Uh, I spoke to Dr. Keston Green about a week or two ago mm. on uh, the effects of regulation uh, on data from 1996, from across the world, from gun-free zones. We had a great conversation. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope, I hope you guys really liked I got really good reviews from uh, Aussie Reviews uh, that I just did on the farm with Aussie Reviews. Yeah, Lots I'll listen of- to that one on the way here, Jace. Yeah, lots of uh, uh, positive feedback about that one, which is really great. Again, uh, Aussie thinks like us. I think absolutely fantastic championing, uh, not only reviews on YouTube, but also, you know, the again, writing to ministers, meeting local members, all that good stuff. Uh, so we've got that coming up. We're going to do a long, another advanced long-range shooting podcast mm. coming up soon with, yep. with uh, Precision Shooting's Glenn Roberts. Um, we've got more everyday hunters coming up. Uh, we've got a we've got a heap of stuff, and uh, I hope you like me doing those podcasts in person. Because mm. uh, when I was in Queensland, I did I did another everyday hunter as well, and that was Sean Fraser, and that was a great podcast too. Really, really enjoyable. You connect with people on a much deeper level. Um, that's about it, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed all the audio. We've got lots more coming up on another episode of Straight Shooting Podcast. As usual, my name is Jason Selms, and I'm Mario Bloodcoat. See you next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.